Today, my guest is Ryan Ermoy. We sit down and we talk about the sports information life to creating a tech company, Stretch Internet, from one little idea. It is a beautiful little story. Before we get started, we have a quick sponsor to hear from. Just a good conversation, podcast number nine. Today, my guest is Ryan Ermeling, a longtime friend, someone I've known since June of 1997. We met at the Orange County Fair. Pat O'Donnell introduced me and said, this young man needs your help. And I think he said it was telling you, saying that to you. Yes, I remember that well. <laughs> Ryan, thanks for coming, man. This is awesome. It's great to be here, Matt. This is uh, it's fun to go down memory lane with you. You are the first podcast out of state in a church <laughs> after eight. <laughs> I feel special. So yeah, yeah we're going we're gonna to turn you into a churchgoer yet. <laughs> sure, after eight on a Saturday. Church... At 5.30 on Saturdays? Uh, here it's 5.19 at our church. Very specifically, I call it the 5.19 service. Is there a so reason why? It's based on a, uh, a Bible verse. I think it's Mark 5.19 or Luke 5.19. I forget which, but yep. They're so, just going with that one because like 2.30, no one's doing that Bible yeah, verse. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's right. Okay. Yep. So how are you? I'm great. I'm great. Uh, yeah, life, weird. You're we living were, the dream, damn it. Well, uh, yeah, it's been it's been uh, yeah, a fun ride. Women in it's your been lives. a fun ride. Yep. Come on. I do. I do. We were, uh, you know, reminiscing a little bit earlier, but it's been a, a crazy last 15 years, and um, would never have thought that uh, I'd be in this place and this, you know, with this situation going on uh, 15 years ago when you and I were, you know, scrapping. Just, yeah, just uh, having fun together in, in Orange County. But it's it's I wouldn't change it for anything. It's been a fun ride. Well, let's talk about how you not got here, but how you just became young Ryan Irwin. What was your life like? Right, you got brothers. I've got one older brother. Okay. Yeah, five and a half years older. Oh, um, so he pum- pummeled you. You know, a, a little <laughs> bit. Uh, I've got some memories of that, but but not too bad. Nothing um, traumatic. Yeah, I think it's more when you're like two or three years apart, right? When when you know five and a half, it was like it wasn't even fun, right? That wasn't even a challenge. <laughs> so I think that was part of it. Just but, tie you up and leave you there. <laughs> exactly. I do. Yeah. Well, to that point, I do remember one time when I was three. I was. He threw me outside with no clothes on and locked the door, right? So in, in front of our house. So I still have scars from that that memory. But uh, no, it's uh, you know I, I was a pastor's kid growing up, so we we moved around a little bit. Um, did he? Did Dad jump from church to church yeah, kind of thing? Yeah, he was a Lutheran teacher to start with, and uh, when I was uh, I was born in Chicago and only lived there for a year, so no no memories of that. Um, That's kind of good. Uh, <laughs> Although, I kind of wish I was a Cubs fan instead of a Mets fan like I am. At least I would have had a, a World Series recently to celebrate. But well, you, you had one in 86. Yeah, that's true. That's That seems like forever ago. <laughs> it, it was. But we, we lived there, and then we moved to Southern California. Um, then he decided to become a pastor after he was a teacher, moved back to St. Louis for a year, then back to Southern California, and then to Arizona when I was about uh, 12 and lived there through the high school years. And Is there a term for that, like where you have like military brat? Is there like pastors? PK, pastor's kid. Pastor's kid, yeah. right? And usually they're the rebels, the ones who get in all the trouble. And Is that like Footloose, where you just want to dance in the city and you're not supposed to? <laughs> a little bit, I guess. No, I, I, I was not too much of a rebel. Uh, I did not get in a lot of trouble. Um, you know, normal stuff in school, right? right. You get kicked out of class and that type of thing. But I wasn't... Uh, 
I wasn't things a, on fire exactly. or running yeah. with gangs. That's correct. Yeah, I wasn't a true rebel. So I think yeah, if you ask my parents, I think they'd say I was a pretty good kid. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> no visible tattoos or nope. parole board. Nope. I none saw you, your ankles none you today. There's no monitor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I was always impressed how uh, for when we first met, we were young. Mm-hmm. You were young. Like, Would have been 22. Yeah, like you were <clears throat> barely able to drink. And, and you already had this like maturity about you at, at times. I mean, we were, <laughs> we were total goofballs at some point. But it's like for a 22-year-old that was taking on his first job out of college, like you kind of mm-hmm. had it together. Or at least you did a good job of faking people. I, I think, you know, college... Um, was an exciting time for me, and but not in the sense that many people would say. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I was not a, a... It wasn't San Diego State. A, a, that's right. <laughs> that's right. I mean, I, it was a, a time where I, I fell in love with all the opportunities in front of me, right? So, um, I mean, everything, I started right out of the gates doing stringing for the LA Times and Irvine World News and covering high school and college sports and, and then got a PR job. And in fact, my junior year, at uh, Concordia, where I went, um, our PR director, I was doing an intern for him, and, and he got up and left like overnight for another opportunity. And it was the middle of the year, and they're like, yeah, Ryan's doing a good job. So they let me, for the second half of my junior year, basically be the acting PR director for a university. <laughs> Right. So, you know, and then I, I, I did a fun internship for a PR Was your mom firm. driving you to work at this time? I mean, come on. Jeez. <laughs> but I, I got to do a, an internship for, for Hill Knowlton, which is a major PR yeah. firm. And, and uh, you know, then I, I was uh, part time. The first actually sports information director in Irvine Valley College's history as a senior in college. So I that's, was that's right. doing 20 hours a week there while I was finishing up. So, I mean, it, it was... To me, it was like a, a great time just because I, I had all these opportunities exploring what I liked, what I didn't like. So I think by the time you and I met, I already had a, a you know wealth of experience a lot of kids don't get until they're three, four, five, six years removed from college. Right. Now, how did you, I guess, find or discover Concordia? How did that get on your map? Yeah. Well, I, you know, our, I mentioned my dad's a pastor. We're, we're from a Lutheran background, and Concordia is a Lutheran school. Okay. So, so we had, you know, ever since I was a kid, you know, I was... My dad would have things every now and then at Concordia. I'd go down there when I was in seven, eight years old. Remember the campus, and my brother went there. Right. Um, so oh, your kind brother of, went yep. there. Okay, so there was a path. Yep. yep, there was a path. Kind of became a family thing. And I mean, the campus, gorgeous, right here in Southern California. Um, so it was just. Uh, yeah, it's a gorgeous little it is. gem. It is. So it, it it became a pretty easy decision for me. I looked briefly at Arizona State. You know, I was going to high school in Phoenix, and I was thinking maybe sports journalism. And I have a great journalism department there, but right. I, just, I didn't want to get lost in the shuffle. Um, I really like yeah, kind of Yeah, that's a big state I, school. My, my high school graduating class was 12 kids, right? Can you imagine going from a high school graduating class of 12 <laughs> kids to Arizona State? 12? 12 kids. 12 kids. I went to Valley Lutheran How High School. How many were in the whole school? About 90. We just lost kids for whatever reason from our class, you know, over like over the years. Like a field trip? I mean, tw- <laughs> I mean, twelve kids. Did you guys share a van? All- we I had for the longest time a high school prom picture of all twelve of us, uh, like a wallet sized picture in my. I mean, all it's like, together. Yes, and you could see everybody clearly. Like how many how many kids can have a <laughs> a wallet sized picture of their entire class in one picture, right? Well, 
I mean, how fun was prom? It was 12 of you. Yeah, it wasn't very fun. Right. No. Can but, I dance with your date? Can I dance with your date? Yeah. You're exactly. all tired out in like 10 minutes. Although I will say that my we had the prom. My buddy's dad was the number one plastic surgeon in Phoenix, and they owned the second highest house, often near Squaw, what used to be called Squaw Peak. Um, we had it on their roof. Their roof fit up to 300 people. We had prom on their roof. So that was a pretty cool experience. But yeah, there were like 12, 14 people. of us. You could have that on an RV's <laughs> roof. <That's>, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> maybe a little different view, but yeah, that's true. You could have parked in here there. That's true. That's, that's true. great. So 12 kids. 12 kids, yep. But yeah, there's no way you could have gone to Arizona State. No. So you would have been lost the first day. Exactly, exactly. So, so there could have been more than 90 kids in, a, in your first math class. Right. For sure. And, and just a different, um, like I said, I, I didn't go to school. If I wanted to go to school to party, ASU would have been a great choice, yeah, right? Done. That wasn't, I, I knew even coming out of high school, I was a pretty, had pretty serious career aspirations already and, and figured I could make my way a little bit more at Concordia. Um, so uh, that worked was out a well. good path. It was a good path. Yeah. I, I looked briefly at, at trying to play basketball there, um, decided I didn't want to ride the bench for three years and, and maybe get some playing time my senior year, right? So right. I decided to uh, to bag that, just play intramurals and have fun on that side of things. But uh, yeah. Now, was there, a, was there a journalism program at Concordia? I was the first ever communication grad from Concordia. They individualized a major for me. In fact, my senior year... Wait, wait, wait. Oh, they developed it? I mean, they like, did. Well, I told you all the experience I had, right? This right, was like unheard but, of. So my senior year, I think I took one class. They let me count all this other practical experience as, as credits right, toward sure. graduation. Good Lord. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying that in a church, but really, like, geez, that, that's unbelievable. Yeah. And nobody had a problem or questioned it or thought, like, we have a... My, my friends were all jealous, right? But, sure. Um, but no, I mean, I, I went with a full-on kind of um, proposal to them and was prepared and, and said, here's what I've done, here's what I want to do. And they're like, yep, sounds good. Let's so, do it. That's another benefit of a small school, right? Can you imagine going to ASU and saying, hey, guys, you know. <laughs> I have an idea. <laughs> right. Go to hell, kid. <laughs> exactly. Go back to the fraternity. <laughs> so it, 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 was, uh, it was a great time. I mean, it, Lindsay, my wife, and I who met there, we talked to this day about those years. They were uh, some of the best years. You know, we had some of the best memories of that place. Just, well, I, I, yeah. It was awesome. Seven, 800 kids, is that what you said? Yeah. Yep. Small campus and, and uh, just a good time. Yep. Now, did you fall in love with Orange County and with the thoughts of we're staying? Right? You fall in love with your bride. <sighs> fell in love with my but bride. But you, you were an Arizona guy. I was an Arizona guy, but I, I was I was going to go where the jobs were, right? Where where and and let's also where my wife's jobs were. She's she's a talented musician and was going to be a high school teacher, and she got an opportunity to lead the the choral music department at her alma mater, Orange Lutheran High School, right out of college. Um, Right after, um, I think you know, she she was in uh, Miss California and right. Miss America pageants, and right out of that, she got to teach, and um, and so just the way it worked out, I was able to transition to Fullerton College, is where you and I met. Right out, of, I mean, I think I graduated from Concordia on May third, and I was working at Fullerton College by like June first. You know, it just right. just kind of transitioned perfectly. Thank God you didn't fall in love with like Mississippi. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, at least she was Miss California. That's right. And you have, oh, you have, you have opportunities. You're in Orange County and you're near L.A. Yeah. 
Yeah. So no, it, it, we we loved Orange County. I mean, it was it was a, a fun place to be, and we knew it well. And her family lived there, and so that helps. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So we had you know. I don't think we were necessary. It's kind of one of those unwritten or unspoken things where I think we just both kind of knew that we were probably going to be there out of college and we were fine with it. Right. You know? Yeah. We weren't looking for this grand adventure somewhere else. So I, I've never asked you this. What got you to the Orange County Fair? That was, um, so when I, I mentioned I wrote for the Irvine World News and, and LA Times. That's right, and the Ir- World News. Yeah, so you could submit stories, uh, you know, for ribbons type of thing. So, you know, for for the contest they had. Yeah, that's so what I was there for. Yeah, right. exactly. The so I, I submitted all these features I'd write in these, you know, it's Irvine World News, right? So you're covering Little League in the summer and stuff like that. Right. So you had to get creative with how you wrote and how you covered it. And so I usually did pretty well in those contests just because they're unique stories that, right. you know, so I went there and the best thing was you're, I'm just out of college and you're, you, you won like what, 100, 150, 200 bucks for each first place and there right. were multiple categories so yeah. I'm like this is sweet yeah you didn't have to fill out a tax form or anything <laughs> just walk out of there with cash there you go and you can see some prize pigs on the way out too <laughs> Not, and they fed us that night they did yeah decent food decent yeah. food I, yeah. I pocketed several cookies yeah <laughs> It was great. So it was a good time. Yeah. So I, I did that for a few years. That's that's where we uh, we first ran into right. each other. Right. Pat O'Donnell yep. just said, "Hey, he needs a photographer. You're a photographer. Yep. Link this up. Yep. And it was off and running. I don't even remember. Did I even show you a portfolio, or what did we even do for that job? You know what? I think I was Pat. Somebody at Fullerton College's campus had mentioned Pat, and then Pat mentioned you, and I was like, I think I was like, that's good enough for me. I, I, I didn't, didn't I, know don't, I don't even know if I looked at your work, Matt. So you could have been some guy who, you know, had a little point shoot that had been doing stuff for a month, right? Right. Because um, the funny thing was, is I had already been at Long Beach State as their team photographer. I was working for Sports Illustrated, was getting in and out of with the register, and then... Oh yeah, I'll work for Fullerton. You're literally six blocks from my house. What the hell? Yeah, this is easy. I can ride my bike. Yep, it so just worked out perfect. It did. It did. I, were you on that first photo shoot we did with the guys walking? We closed down Harbor Boulevard. No. Okay. No, I did not do that. The okay. Beatles-ish. Yes. Abbey Road. Okay. Thing. No. So we we must have started working with you right after that. Right. I can't remember who did that that photo shoot, but um, but those were uh, that was fun. Yeah, the the work that you produced. I mean, we, I think together we kind of made a dent and. No, no, we changed. We changed. Community College Sports Information. Right. Yeah. Totally. And, how, and, and media guides and photography, the whole nine yards. Right. Yeah. Because nobody was doing what we were doing. Mm-mm. And if I had a horn, I'd toot it because we were so fortunate <laughs> that the two of us came together the right. And you can get the wrongest idea who doesn't care about photography and you can get a lousy photographer. But when you get two people that understand on the same wavelength. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Let's do this. Yeah. Yep. And, I, and if I remember right, you had to like piecemeal a budget together. <clears throat> I had to piecemeal budget. I had to like sing and dance to get new right. equipment. Like and, you were and, doing a, selling programs. Oh, yeah. I remember going down to Carl's Jr. and trying to pitch to get, you know, 25. <laughs> in fact, the first we were talking about this earlier, the first G4 that I got in my office, I got be, only because I, I got a $2,500 check from Carl's Jr. to put their ad on the back of our media guide, right? right. And and Sue Beers, our AD, said, okay, yeah, you know, I'll let you use that for your computer. And and uh, I, I didn't know. I learned Photoshop on the fly. On I mean, the I, fly. I had no graphic design experience, you know, just, just kind of got, got my hands dirty and had fun with the Mac. Do you remember and, what Photoshop that was? Five. five. I yeah, think it was I think five. It was, because, okay, so this was... 
the reason we page were, maker remember that yeah. oh god <laughs> Dream Weaver page maker. we were so excited when you got that Mac we sat there when the chime went off and we plugged in the photo right off a scanner and then we wanted to do I think it was a inverse or a, we we there was something we wanted to do that used to take you like three minutes and this machine only took 45 seconds oh, yeah. we timed it yeah and when it was done we jumped around like schoolgirls because yes. we were so excited yes. like oh right gosh. and now you can do that in like a half a second you do it on my phone right? <laughs> exactly no i remember that that was uh that was a, a fun time just to 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 get all that brand new shiny equipment and and start learning and having fun with that and scanning in your slides and right. oh yeah i took that job like it was a sports illustrated assignment every day we were lighting the gym mm-hmm. <laughs> we were hanging cameras oh you were big time it, it yeah. was i mean the, I remember opposing coaches and teams coming to the gym and like seeing you, you know, you had the strobe set up and you had a backboard camera and they're like, what the heck is going on here? Yeah, a couple of times, didn't, didn't we have a game stopped from an opposing coach because yes. the strobes were going on? Yeah, they wanted to know yeah. what that was going on. <laughs> so that was, I mean, that was the stuff that you got for, that uh, was phenomenal. But that totally changed the look of media guides for everybody. Absolutely. Everything else was very stale, balls dribbling, bad photos. Yeah. All of a sudden we've got backboard remotes overheads that's yep. all lit yep so we're shooting 100 speed film will look great when you're blowing it up you're making posters cover guides yeah it was yeah it was transformational i mean and, and I, I i mean that sincerely not just for fullerton college or even our local right. for the state yes. i mean there was nobody doing that and that kind of created i think and and you know i don't want to toot my own horn either but i think together we helped create a new narrative or new chapter in in, in that whole two two to way we did yeah. we did we totally did i'm a jackass for not bringing them but i still have those media guides i do too yeah yeah because i show people like it was hard to get like when i was at long beach state they dragged their feet i was doing the same thing but they didn't kind of apply those images the right way they were still cutting out poorly they weren't using the right backgrounds to complement the photos or the images or they picked the wrong action photos right because they had to have this guy on there right. but they wanted to look to the left and it's like but he looks better going to the right, right. and we pushed everybody in a direction that after we left it was totally different the yep. way that was, what was it? Uh, what was the name of the, the organization? Casida? No. No. Um, well, uh, for there, it was a CCCSIA, right? Okay. California Community College Sports Information Association. Well, they really need a short name. Holy cow. I think it still exists. I'm not sure. Of but. course. But we won awards. <clears throat> for sure. Yeah. And then, you know, not to fast forward past that chapter, but at Cal State Fullerton, I remember the first baseball media guide we did won Best in the Nation. Yeah. So right out of the gates, um, that 2001 guide with, it's like an orange and blue cover with Bacani and Sarlos and... I forget who the other guy was on the cover, but that one best in the nation. That's right. Yeah, and that was the one where, I don't know if you remember this, but talking about PageMaker, so my press deadline was like a, a Monday, and Thursday, I go in the office Thursday morning or Thursday night, you know, working extra, trying to get this thing. That was before you could, I didn't have this computer at home, right? So if you want to work in your media guide, you're doing it in the office. You're doing it in the office, right. And I go in there, and the, and the file wouldn't open. I'm like, hmm. Okay, so I kept trying, but nothing worked. My late, my backup uh, was like three weeks old. I hadn't backed it up, right? Oh. This Everybody has that, oh right. crap, I didn't back up story. Well, that's mine. So 
in four days, I luckily had printed out the rough pages. So in like four days, I worked like 22 hours a day, I basically recreated <laughs> by sight, like, I don't was 92 pages or whatever, I rebuilt the media guide. Off and of a low-res PDF, page. Yes. yeah. Yes. And so we back up now daily. We back up now. Well, thank God for Dropbox and Google Doc, all that stuff. Right. right. You don't even have to think about it now, but. Um, oh, yeah. I think it is auto-save anyway behind you. Right. Right. It, it was insane. So they had this corrupted file that wouldn't. I, I just remember, like, just getting this cold sweat, right? Oh, yeah. And, that's a horrible moment. Oh, it was like, oh, crap. What am I going to do? And uh, But just worked around the clock and then ended up getting getting uh, best in the nation, which was, was kind of cool. So, Well, okay, so I still shoot for Fullerton College, as you know, and yeah. every time I'm in the, I guess, the press box, which is nothing more than cylinder block and a chain link fence, <laughs> I always walk in there and go, oh, because the one time I don't go to a game is the time that there's a full-on brawl. Yes. And it's yes. it's like, you tell me it's like Street Fighter cage <laughs> yes. match up against the yes. fence. And like guys' yes. faces are being dragged across. Oh, and man. It, it was, was pre-UFC. Yes. And you're just like, you'll and, and, never believe this. And this is community college, right? These guys all have an axe to pick, right? Oh, or an yeah. axe to grind, you know? And so these guys just don't care, right? No. So it's not like, oh, shoot, I might miss an next game. I mean, it was like no holds barred, just... Yeah, it I was mean, a prison fight. Yes. It was a prison <laughs> fight. That's how you was. explain it. It absolutely was. Yeah. I, I, can't, I think it was against Cyprus, maybe. You know, their rivals. Sure. But I can't remember even who it was, but that was insane. Yeah, I just remember calling you saying, why weren't you there? <laughs> Not that we could have used those photos anyway. <laughs> still, it would have been a great moment. Uh, when I still see Nick, I ask him about that. He just drops his head and goes, oh, God. Yeah. That was not pretty. That was awesome. Yeah, so every time I walk in, I just go, oh, damn it. <laughs> a missed opportunity. Because, hey, if you're back there, you can't reproduce that, that look with just chain link fence and yep. fighting and the beautiful outlook. Uh, yep. you, I so bad wanted yep. to see that. That's right. You've been you've you've cut, captured plenty of other moments to make up for it. So. No, no, that's a that's a skip <laughs> that just hurts because it will not, it's never happened since. Twenty three years later, I've, yeah. I haven't seen that yet. Yeah. I purposely carry a wide angle just for a street fight at a baseball game, <laughs> <laughs> hoping that it happens. Oh man! Well, so 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 we're we're at and I and I say we because literally we were at Fullerton College together, destroying the way community college looked. We just threw it up on its head yeah. and spun it upside down. Yep. Everything from softball to water polo. We were doing underwater photos yes. at water polo. Yep. I remember getting crazy looks at why are you in the water. <laughs> Because you're some pervert. Because dude. it's a community yeah. college game. I can do whatever I want. I'm actually playing goalie in the fourth period. <laughs> Come on. And then, so how do you get the phone call from across the city that, hey, there's a job opening? Yeah. Because it felt like, okay, this is a call up to the major leagues. Yeah. So, you know, I, had, I think my connection to Cal State Fullerton initially was Tim Murphy. Okay. Um, who was Gene Murphy, or the football coach Fullerton College at the time. He's since passed, but right. um, and he used to be at Cal State Fullerton. Um, his son, Tim, um, helped out with our, our football, um, you know, helped me out with, with right. the media guide and other stuff. And then um, also did some stuff with Mel Franks over Cal State Fullerton. Right. And, 
And I think it was Tim, and Tim introduced me to Mel. Mel would pop up, kids, because he still followed Gene Murphy. He'd come up to the press box during Fullerton College football games. So I got to know Mel Franks right. a little bit. Who, um, because those games were at Cal State Fullerton at the time. They were, yep. <clears throat> they were in. Uh, and it was big time for us to be at, at a Division I football school. And it was a. Yeah, I don't miss the days of hauling all my crap up there before the games, but big old laser young. printer. And, you were young. Yeah, but it was, uh, so Mel Franks, obviously, a, a, hopefully you'll have him on at some time. Oh, legendary, yes. sport in, in, legendary figure in sports information, and was at Cal State Fullerton for years. But I, I developed a little bit of relationship, and, and someone, I think, um, said, hey, there might be an opportunity. <clears throat> so I remember having a conversation with Mel. I, I remember where I was in the Fullerton College office and, and had a phone call with him, and I remember... I was a little bit brazen, but I figured, what the heck, I have nothing to lose. I said, the only way I'd come is if I could do baseball. And uh, he's like, it's yours. I'm, I'm doing basketball. The, the crossover's tough anyway, so if you want baseball, it's all yours. It's like, I'm in. So um, Who was leaving? I don't I, – uh, Jason Pommier, I think. But it, it wasn't – I. It was a full-time position I got, and we uh, – oh, Jody – oh, actually, it was Jody uh, Roginson or Rog- I forget. Roberts? No, R O G I N S O N is okay. her name. She she was the one who left, um, but she hadn't been doing baseball. Mel had been kind of doing both, and Mike Greenley, right. uh, who you've talked right. to, he had helped out a little bit with it. And but they didn't have a full time SID for that, so I think Mel was like, "Okay, now's the time." <laughs> that's, that's I know, so, I know, it's amazing. I know they're like four years yes. removed from a World Series. Cal State Fullerton, and they've right? Got an intern, right? Yes. So. So I, that was so that was um, spring of 2000. In fact, I remember very vividly because that I, I, I'm baseball nut, baseball diehard, and and I'd always. In fact, I remember when I was at Fullerton College, we went up to the state baseball tournament, mm-hmm. and we had a night to kill, so we went over and watched the WAC tournament, at Fresno State, and there was not many people there, but I just remember sitting there, said, "Oh, how cool would that be to be a Division One baseball SID?" And so I got that job, and I remember I was taken trying to get my master's in communication at Cal State Fullerton. So I had a night class, and this was after I'd accepted a job, but before I started. That's right. And I was walking up the hill, and they had a game going. It was like a Tuesday night game against UCLA. And I walked into the press box and was like, this is awesome. This is my new gig. And um, so that was spring of 2000. Um, uh, And, uh, you know, so Bacani and Sarlos and all those guys. And... uh, so yeah, I think it was late February, early March, right in the middle of the season, um, that that I uh, came over and started there. And of course, uh, um, I, I remember telling Mel, I said that was the other one of the other stipulations. Like, not only did I get baseball, but Matt Brown's coming with me. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, uh, okay, we'll make it work. So because um, there was no way in heck. I mean, seriously, when. Right. I got spoiled by your art, right? I'm like, there's no way in heck I'm going to start to... Because at that time in sports information, media guides were the big thing. That's what you spent a lot of your time That's on. That's it. Right? That was before social media and video and all this other stuff. Right. And so I remember the thought of trying to have to piece together media guides with substandard art and photos. I was like, there's no way I'm doing it. Now, did we have a website at Fullerton College at the time? Uh, I, I helped build the first website uh, for athletics there ever. Okay. Using Dreamweaver, and it was a simple, like five-page website. Right, that, that's what I remember. Something very simple. I mean, yeah. but it, everything was back then. It was, and and then then I became the webmaster for Cal State Fullerton. Right. So, like, in, in I think twice in my first three years, we redesigned the website, just made it more up to date and more modern, and and uh, so that was one of my big responsibilities. There was was the website. Because I remember, 
So coming on board and Mel talking to Mel, you know, what's he need? What's his wants? And his saying, you know, we just, we want a lot of pictures, you know, with, with the ball in it. So I remember coming back a couple of days later, having the slides and showing them. And he's like, you have every photo with the ball in it. <laughs> this is what I do. And then I remember him pulling me aside and going, yeah, this was good. It's good we got you here. This is great. Because he was taking photos. Yes. Or he was using Jeff Garlic, Garlic or anybody else that would yes. throw well, a bone. And that changed everything there as well. Right. I mean, they, they just, the, you know, to the point where... And, and I'm sure we'll we'll talk about Omaha eventually too. But to the point where the thought of like not having you in Omaha, I mean, it, it was like a given, right? Why, why like bring there's, the team? Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it was like there's because that became a, a, a lifeline for all the fans that didn't. I mean, to we, we were talking earlier about all the behind the scenes stuff, right? right. I mean, you, you post these these. Uh, libraries, or, or that's not the right word, but these whole uh, every night, right? Uh, these gallery, galleries, yeah. yeah, of of all you know what happened that day with the team, right? But practice shots and, right. and where they ate and hanging out in their hotel rooms, right. and so it, it just changed the way we, we did things over there. Crazy too. stuff in the, those early days, but nobody said no. They yep. just again, two new guys. We I remember us just finishing up that spring. Mm-hmm. Right, that was two thousand. Two thousand, yeah. Stadium was just being finished. Some they had some renovations. They were just they, finishing. They were finishing kind of that the the office and the uh, locker room area between the softball and the baseball fields. I think that was finished right before maybe the two thousand and one season. Because right. I remember, I remember walking down. I had been there before, but never now. Like okay. I'm the team photographer and I've got more responsibility. But when you walk down the steps and it has that weird cut in the cement because yep. they made it too wide and the TV cameras couldn't see. And I told Mel those need to be shaved. And he's like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> and Mel probably went out and shaved it himself. <laughs> he probably did. Got written up for that as well. He had his own you know, masonry drill. And yes. just our, he basically built the press box. He did. Then, so yeah. he, well, at least he drove it in. Yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> you know that thing's yes. a trailer. Yes, it's still there. Yep. And and so we got we hosted a regional that first that first our first year two thousand in two thousand yep. and yeah USC with Mark Pryor. Yep. LMU was and everybody was yep. all excited. We're gonna do all this stuff. It's gonna be great. And I just kept thinking, oh, you and I are gonna make great stuff. This is gonna be fantastic. And we lost. Yep. <laughs> yep. We should have been on, on the way to Georgia Tech, but instead it was USC. Yeah. And I think that was, geez, was that the. Jason Veritek or yes. Nomar Garcia Parra? I can't remember was who was fully, on that Georgia was, Tech yes, squad. It was a fully but, loaded team. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we ran into Mark Pryor and company. Um, it was a good USC team. Oh, yeah. So, but. Uh, he was he was pound in the zone. But he uh, was good. But we, Fullerton made up for it over the next few years. Right. So, yep. But yeah, that was the first regional they ever hosted. That was big news, that was right? Big. They, they had their record for most regionals. Uh, one on the road. One on or, the road. Yeah. yeah. They never, with, without ever having hosted, yeah. And uh, then they hosted how many years in I a row, I remember the right? big deal was for me to run around and document this big new building yep. for the very first time. And the Friday, I'm shooting all this overhead and wide and running around like an idiot. And yeah. Stadium paint still drying. And yep. it was fantastic. And, you know, a month earlier, we're at Fullerton College or yeah. shooting a yeah. cage match. overnight. <laughs> yep. That <laughs> was great. That was uh, that was a fast transition. It was because then, um, you and I. So you got volleyball. That was your split. Volleyball, and baseball, and the website were kind of my my big areas. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I remember 
because volleyball was just like baseball, just a national power, <laughs> great teams. I don't know who's going to be listening to this. I, I need to be careful, but uh, let's just say that was not, uh, not my the priority case. there. That was not the case. They struggled. <laughs> they did. I just remember Mel. But we got to see Misty May, so that's all that. We did. Yeah. She was a stud. Yes. I just remember Mel saying, try to get some photos with fans in it. <laughs> And I we just, could have done the cardboard cutouts like they do now. We could have afforded it. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I and I had never shot a women's volleyball game there. So it's a year. It's a year later. It's, it's fall, but two, fall two thousand. Yes. And I walk in, and this is still the old gym. There's one sided. Yep. There's wood pull-out high school gymnasium yep. end zone seating yep. that they pushed in. They yep. didn't have out. Right. And I looked at everybody. They sat on one side, and I said, "I can't get any fans in this. Yep. There's nobody here." It was brutal. Yep, it was, but you still got got great stuff. That I mean, I, we were still able to produce awesome stuff for volleyball too. Did, did so. we do a portrait that year of them? Were we, were, were we no, doing anything? Not for volleyball. Not yet. Mm-mm. But we did a guide. We did a guide for sure. Yeah. Because I think we had to fake. I think we had to do some mock action action of them in the summer. I think we had to do something. We might have. Because they had no art. Like, like I told you earlier, I, I've everything volleyball <laughs> is gone from <laughs> my memory bank, man. Left. We can talk about baseball all day long, but I do not have many memories of Cal State Fullerton volleyball. <laughs> it did get better at one point, but it was a long time yeah. later. Well, So then doing the website, who directed you or gave you the idea like, okay, we got to get this thing. No one. Because they're still, it was ugly websites in 2000. It was. I, I mean, so Mel was a great boss in the sense that he, he kind of lets you run. If he trusted you, if you showed him that he had reason to trust you and that, that you could do something, he's like, go. So I just told Mel, I mean, he, he saw what we, you know, some of the design that, that we did, photos, all that. And I said, you know, our website need some work it's like go for it and so I just I just worked on a design and and um, spent a couple months just putting that together and and I don't remember when it launched but that was pretty much a self-driven enterprise I mean and and, and you had just mentioned it earlier like so you were at the same time working on your masters so I, I actually well I, I believe so I, I stopped that program right around the time that we had our first kid in in uh, June of 2001 right so I maybe yeah, there was a time where I probably was doing that and starting the Fullerton job. What made you think, okay, I need a master's? Just not knowing, you know, thinking, I, I think at that point, I still, my career goal was to be a division one head SID someday okay. at, at a big time school, right? you know, like a power five school and thought that, Hey, it couldn't hurt to have my master's. Maybe that's a little differentiator that just pushes me over the edge. Right. But, Looks pretty. Yeah. But I, I just came to the realization that, A, I just don't want to spend a lot of time and money on this and B... I think what I'm doing in the field probably at the end of the day going to be more important than anything I'm you know any kind of of uh, diploma or degree right. I can put behind my name. Yeah, because so often you see an athletic director with a PhD and you know some odd forensics. Yeah, forensics right. from an <laughs> online school, and you're thinking, yeah, I'll call you a doctor. Right, exactly. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah, I, and I I don't regret that decision. I mean, it was as I mentioned too. We had our our first. Uh, daughter at that time and it was like there was just too much going on right so. because Fullerton baseball is a huge yeah undertaking it's, an, it's a time intensive and I was the first SID that traveled too can you believe that Cal State Fullerton and you did radio 
I did. I did. Uh, yeah, I did audio so streaming. We right. were we were on uh, at the time. And obviously, we'll get into this, but we were on broadcast.com. Well, I think it ended. Uh, Yahoo bought that, so we were on Yahoo. But I do on the road. I would do the uh, the audio broadcasting on the web, and it might have been picked up by uh, what was the, the low watt AM station that would carry some. Right. But uh, but yeah, that was my my first uh, introduction to doing on air. I remember the first time ever I did was a road game at USC. Mel was sitting there, kind of, you know, he was doing color and just helping me along a little bit. Had um, you had done, never done it ever? Even practiced, like try, like well, just I, yeah. I mean, go every, along with Vince Scully a yeah, little bit. Yeah, every kid, right? I, you know, does that a little bit, but I not not anything, um, not anything super in depth. But uh, you know, I I think I got used to it pretty quickly. I wasn't great, but I, I, I could hold my own. Sure. And, uh, you know, listening to Mel, who is pretty just low-key and just tells you what's happening, and Mel could, was a walking encyclopedia, right? Oh, God. So as, as I was there longer and could start to, you know, as I learned more in history and had been there two, three years in, you could start to just automatically just stuff would roll off your yeah, tongue. Because he, stuff. He, yeah, exactly. Because yeah. he can just tell you, oh, right. 78 and 83 yes. and September 12. I mean, he just goes on and on That's no, unreal. I'm like, how do you do that? It's what? unreal. Yeah. So, he, yeah, I mean, I remember times he'd, I'd be in the press box for a game and, and something would happen and I'd be – you know, he, he'd be sitting like right in front of the press box and Mike Green and I would be talking about, it. I wonder when the last time that's happened. And like 30 seconds later, Mel's behind her shoulder saying, well, four years ago up at Pacific, uh, it was a Tuesday night game. <laughs> he, right. he just rattling us off. And it was so-and-so on a 3-2 count. Yes. <laughs> and you're like, it's uncanny. Don't call him on it. Of course he's right. <laughs> it's uncanny. Yeah, now, and now this time, you and I though, and we mentioned this earlier, we were at dinner, like having the absolute time of our lives, right? We're, we're, coming over to my house at an apartment eating pizza and eating way too much sugar and bouncing off the walls for our wives. We're pushing visual media guides and doing all this stuff. And you, you just said it, like you were the first SID to travel with them. How did that come about where you're just like, yeah, kid, you got to go with us now? Well, I think it was me pushing the envelope again. It's like I, I wanted to do the job well, right? I, I didn't come on board to be kind of just a, a, a half-assed the SID. I was like, Mel, here's what all the, the big time baseball programs are doing. And there's absolutely no reason I shouldn't be traveling. And I think I also went and got some ammunition from Horton because I, George Horton, who was coaching, right. I, I convinced him how I could benefit them on the road. And so I think baseball kicked in half the cost. I mean, I shared a room with like a, with Chad Baum or, or right. whoever. So there wasn't much cost. I mean, my per diem and, and whatever else. So um, I think together they covered that cost, but um, I just, I wanted to do the job well, and I, I had a hard time imagining if I'm only seeing half the games, how I can cover that team and, and, and help the media and, and do the rest of my job. And there was media back there then. There was media, yeah. We'd, at home games, we'd have, I mean, not a ton, but we'd usually have three to four riders. We'd have a couple radio stations. Right, you had the LA Times and the Register alone, so that's legit. And it was OCTV, I forget what they yep. called, but we had TV for, for maybe 15, 20. Yeah, OC, OC, OC. Yeah, OCTV, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I think Brent yeah. Weber was the yes was the uh, yeah they were play downstairs play in the below the register. Yeah. yeah, so they uh, they you know did probably 20 games a year, and, and anytime you have TV, I mean that's where your the needs for sports info go through the roof. Right. Um, so there was definitely um, a need to service the media and 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 make and on the road, you know, we didn't have a whole lot of media that traveled with us unless it was like Long Beach or you know Irvine wasn't around then, but um, for San baseball, Diego anyway. State yeah. or right. But um, but on a road, that's where it really helped out too. I mean, if you're we played powerhouses, right? So if you're at Miami, 
you know, we went there and became the first team ever to sweep them at, at Mark Light Stadium, right? And they've got a ton of media there. You know, they're coming up to me nonstop trying to get information on, you know, so it, it was certainly a, a valuable component. Right. And it was an interesting time, too, because you have this dynamic of the, the website medias are starting to happen. You still have print media with, with some power. TV's still in play. You're doing audio and it's getting out. Like All those mediums were colliding still in those early 2000s where now it's a one-man band mm-hmm. as an SID. How were you able to juggle the, you know, the, the, the print, the TV, you, the team, which, you know, George is a handful. <laughs> the team was, you know, a juggernaut at that time, that 2001 team. The mm-hmm. two, three, four, those, those teams were loaded. Yep. How were you juggling that day-to-day? I mean, I think it's like anything. You just you have to learn what where your priorities are, and, and something's probably not going to get uh, addressed on any given day. And, and listen, I had Mel to run interference for me, right? So, you That's know, true. He's, he's gold. Yeah. I mean, anytime a, a coach or somebody got hot under the collar about something, I mean, Mel would step in because and, and, he, he understood. I mean, we were understand. We had three – well, when I started, it was just me and Mel, and then we added a third, Jason, um, three full-time SIDs, which wasn't bad, but still understaffed. And, and so it was just, you know, it, it, any given day, you just had to address, hey, what's most important today? Uh, what has to happen today? If it was, if it was uh, you know, if we were hosting a weekend series in baseball and it was Wednesday, I mean, I knew Tuesday on, I was just going to be getting ready for that series, right? Because, right. you know, making sure all the game notes were ready and making sure that, you know, media had, pre-series interviews lined up and just, you know, so the website, for instance, any work I was doing, that might just take a back seat for a couple of days. Right. Um, so it was just, it was just managing priorities. In your second year, so 2001, your, your full season mm-hmm. as the SID for baseball is when you and I really started to have some fun. Yeah. Because I was going on the road, I was shooting all these day games, we played that in Pepperdine and LMU, which are day games. Opened up in Pepperdine against Dan Heron. That's Sarlos right. versus Dan Heron. Yeah. You can't beat that. No. That's cool. Yep. But where it really starts is that road trip to Santa Barbara. When we went on, I went on that road trip. Santa Barbara doesn't have lights, so it's three, three home games. Yep. And you and I take the GameCube, and we're in the, during yep. during the night playing game till to wee hours of the morning, and yep. just having all the fun. And oh, it was awesome. That's probably when Rick Vanderup was questioning our manhood at that point because we were playing that <laughs> World Cup soccer. Oh, he was like seven Coors Lights in. He doesn't remember that. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. Those were the best times because I was still shooting film, and so. Everything was about the quality of the light, getting, yeah. getting you the best photos because of the light. Because yeah. the stuff at night sucked. Yeah, and, uh, the film wasn't very good, or at least to what it is today. And so it was just off and running. I remember that. That's right. When we looked at the schedules every year, the first thing we looked at is which which day games can you be at? Right. Because that was we would always get the best uh, footage of day games. So we'd pick out, you know, because there was inevitably a couple you couldn't be at. So we just wanted to make sure that. Hey, you can be at this one, this one, this right. one. Um, and Sarlos would pitch on a Friday, so we need to try to get him yes. in in Northridge or something early. Where it's going to be a la- dig. Yeah, yep. or later in the year when the sun's a little lower. Right. Right. Or a tang and higher, depending on where we're at. I was always yep. like, there's always that TBA on a Saturday against you know Long Beach. Can will it be at one o'clock right. or a five like they always had? Right. Yeah. No. 2001 was a fun year. That was where we really kind of like you said. I think started to make the imprint and, and that and, team was unbelievable oh man that was a good baseball team yeah Solid. They, they ran into stanford as they did in uh oh three as well but right but the but 
this gets lost because they're freshmen and that typically does. The freshmen on that team, yep. there's an all-star. There's uh, three guys that played in Major League Baseball, I think. Cordero, Justin Turner. And uh, Shane Costa. Uh, Shane Costa had a cup of coffee, yep. Yeah, those three were all freshmen on that team. Right. Yep. Wait, wait. was Turner a freshman in one? No, two. Turner, you're right. Turner was a freshman in 02. Because uh, I was thinking 04, about... His, he, was a, he was a junior when he won the title. That's right. right. Yep. But I know that one team, that 01 team, those freshmen, though, that team in general was just studs. They were. Uh, and, 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 I mean, you look at the, the pitching on that team. Um, I mean, Sarlos was just... Uh, it, it's so fun to have this guy who would come in and close on Friday... And then turn around and two days later and just deal as a starter, right? Um, the game against Pacific, the no hitter. Yeah, twenty eight nothing. I still think between all the no hitters, that's the best no hitter somebody can throw. Yeah, because you, you, it's no pressure, right? You right. just start. Yeah, I'm just going to throw strikes. They hit it, whatever. Right. You know? Yeah, totally. I remember I was so nervous because the SID is the official score, and with two outs in the ninth, some guy hits a ground ball that goes through Jason Cropsey's legs at second base, and. Thank God it was an obvious error. But I, I remember Mike Greenley and I just sitting there saying, let's hope there's no close calls because that's the last thing you want to be as official scorers have to decide whether somebody's no-hitter stands. Right? right. And you're the homer. Yes, exactly. So it was a no-brainer. I mean, it went right through his leg. So fortunately, it was an error. But that that was a, that was a fun game and to watch. he did it on 70-some-odd pitches. It was a Greg Maddox out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was it was insane. I, but I remember going to Miami because that's the year we swept them. And I remember we won Friday and Saturday. I remember Horton just grinning in the dugout when I brought when I went down after Shay's game. He's like, "We got Sarlos tomorrow." He's like, "They're in trouble," you know, just <laughs> knowing that your ace right. because no, most schools throw their ace on Friday, right? But we used him to close on Friday and brought him back on Sunday. So yeah. if you'd won the first two games of a series that year and you got Sarlos throwing, you're you're done. Yeah, it's over. It's over. How, what are you going to do, Pacific? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> we'll get you. We'll give you a guy at second base, and he still doesn't get the third. <laughs> That's right. You, I remember sitting by him on the plane too. So he was so fascinated with all the breakdowns and the numbers, and Sarlos yeah. was. He, he was a he was a, a, a thinker, right? right? Which is why he's a pitching coach now and a good one at right. TCU. Yeah, he was way thinking about the game, not just like the silly stats, but he wanted to know a lot of detail. Yeah, yeah. I was always impressed with that kid. As goofy as he could be, yeah, he totally understood his role. He did. No, that was a that was a good team. Uh, John Smith, lefty. Oh yes, that pickoff move. Pickoff move was was ridiculous. Suck it on first base. He just pounds you. Yes, you know, and then you had Bacani at second, and and uh, I mean, had some some fun players in that team. Yeah, and then of course you and your wife decide to have children oh or a child. Yeah, so that was fun, right? Uh, there's this, this thing. I'm just thinking, oh. Yeah, you can kind of plan nine months out. I guess we didn't really do that. But, uh, yeah, I missed my first what and would have been. very good at math. I, I am good at math. Very yes. good at math. Yes. And uh, One, two, three, four, <laughs> so nine. So you worked nine months back from June, right? No. So we, uh, I missed my first trip, what would have been my first trip to Omaha, because Lexi, my first, was born on June 15th, 01. And I think our first game in Omaha was like the 14th mm-hmm. or the 6th. It was right around. But right. I, I, there's no way I could no. go. Well, so you I could remember, have, but that's a long time on the couch. That was a long time. <laughs> I remember sitting in my office because it must have been before. So our first game was a night or two nights before Lexi was born. I remember sitting in my office 
Jason Spencer, who's the other assistant, went out and got KFC and brought it back. And we sat in my little office eating KFC watching ESPN on our little tiny TV in <laughs> the, Fullerton against Nebraska. 12-inch TV. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh, God. So. That, and it pains me to say this, but that's the best World Series I well, shot. That was, Bush was there at that opener, right? right. It was Nebraska's. Was it their first time ever in a college World Series? Yes. In and Omaha, they're, and they're right? Hosting yes. And they're, yeah. You know, yeah. And, I got to meet George and shake his hand, and the whole thing locked down. I missed the team down below, but because he threw the first pitch, I was able to see it and the whole thing. But because it was still film, I didn't ever have to make a deadline. We didn't do a gallery. We shot all that stuff, yep. and and I just shot, and the guys gave me access. I'm on the bus. I'm on the plane, and there was no make a deadline, make a gallery, nothing. And then... Thank God you used it so beautifully the next year. We had fun with that, all that. Yeah, I, I still remember the pages where we kind of, and then you had the beauty. You talk about light. You remember the, that ray when it, there was you a. You want to make me cry on the podcast? <laughs> that, that time of day, what do they call the golden hour or whatever? The golden hour. Where you'd have that, that, that sunset streaming through Rosenblatt Stadium, and you'd find that, oh, the, the pictures there. I remember the silhouettes of the people in the outfield stands right. against this golden sky. Uh, the oranges and the, oh man so I, I can still remember on the inside back of the media guide cover using one of those pictures with that sun yes with the fan standing yes. up the, I don't know if the architect was religious <laughs> but he had we're the, at church right now let's say he was I'm gonna say he was Kay. because he had God on his a mind his thoughts his <laughs> prayers because the way he designed it and I don't know if he had help rotating the planet but the sun came right down across third base pitcher's mound and first, and, and it was perfect. And here's the here's the crazy thing, right? Because of well, we don't need to get into into science, but no, let's, you let's, do that. <laughs> you do that. You go there in August or February or April. You're not going to have the same angle. No. Right? it happened to be right when the College World Series in was every year. June. Yes. God <laughs> love him. God love him. Now, one of my favorite photos from that is Shane Costa, the scared. You know, he's College World Series, twenty thousand people. They're all Nebraskans because we're playing them. And there he is out in right field, and this angry mob yes. pounding the fence and screaming yes. and losing their mind, and he's trying not to look back. <laughs> and you just, you know, you know, yep. there's twenty thousand people that hate you, yep. and there's forty Fullerton fans just stare at them. Yep, exactly. Or as most people out there call us Florida State fans, right? Because of. Right. <laughs> Every time we'd show up, no, oh, Florida, 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 I met. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Florida's here. You know, the blue and orange with the, with oh, the F. I don't know if you ever had this. I walked through an airport one time in Ohio, and someone yelled out to me, "Go Gators!" I was wearing oh, my yeah. Fullerton hat. Yeah, that happened many times. And I times. wanted to yell back, "You son of a So you talk about favorite photos. Mine from Omaha, the one that I remember vividly, is you had one after. The one series ended, so I wasn't there. Right. But of Sarlos walking down a tunnel after their last game, kind of from behind, silhouetted. Yeah. Um, and that looking oh, up the stairs, yep. bag over his shoulder. Yep. That was that was a cool cool photo. Right. Because we had never had any photos like that at Cal State Fullerton, right. and so I had been fortunate enough. I've I've always used Fullerton as a springboard to my professional stuff, but I had been doing it before, and now I can implement it here at Fullerton and do some things and and I knew going into that College World Series there were things I wanted to make and I felt bad for the regular crew that was there the World Herald the AP guys because they have to shoot the field stuff right. the double plays the bats the balls right. the whatever. and I'm just 
Like it, you're shooting into the stands in the middle of the game, and they're looking at you like Matt. The, the field's over here. Yeah. Hey, you're your guys up the bat. Yeah. And do you see the Lord's son right now? He's sending me a message. It's hitting Shane Costa. He's a minister at this point. Look at him. So that had to be one of the saddest things in the world for you when I tore Rosenblatt down. You want to make me cry now again? I, or then it, is, is it torn down? Yes. Okay. I yeah. did a documentary on it just for the pain. Oh, it was man. so. Pastor, we're in the church. I just got to remember, we're in a church. We're in a church. We're in a church. Sorry to bring up is a bad a memory. confessional here afterwards? I can see. Um, but you you don't go, and I get I get to hang out with at that time Mel and Nancy. It was like having second third grandparents and hanging out with them and going gambling and mm-hmm. Mel and I finding places. And because I didn't have you as a sidekick, I'm wandering the streets of you know Omaha. I know that sounds horrible, but that there was nothing to do. Our yeah. time there was like so so unusual, and we stayed. And the only time in downtown at the Marriott. Yeah. Everything else has been on the outskirts. Right. Right? By the, the come and go. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I, I just have to, this, we're, we're going down memory lane here a little bit, but you mentioned gambling. One of my favorite stories from Omaha is we go to Council Bluffs one night, and, and George Horton loves to gamble. Oh, yes. Right? So he's sitting, we're, we're playing like dollar blackjack or whatever, the cheapest we could find. He's playing $25, whatever, across the way. And we look over there, and for like two hours, there's two people at the table. He's sitting at third base playing blackjack. And Mike Patrick, the ESPN yep. play-by-play guy, is sitting at first base, right, for like two hours. Yep. The next morning, we have the ESPN production meeting. So Horton and me and, and I think Serrano, our pitching coach, show up. And Dan or uh, uh, Mike Patrick, I had the name right, right? Yep. Mike Patrick getting there and... and uh, Always smoking with a great voice. Oh, yeah. yeah. So George says, hey, how'd you do last night? And... He's like, uh, did okay. He's like, what, what did you guys do last night? George is like, well, Mike, I was playing blackjack at your table. He's like, you were at my table? <laughs> <laughs> For two hours. They were the only two people at the table. And Mike Patrick had no clue that George Horton was sitting across from him. He's called the College World Series for how many? So crazy. Take a look around, Mike. Take a cigarette out of your mouth. Look over. At exactly. Well, that was bright when they caught him on TV. You know, they come back right. from a group yeah, real come quick. Back and he's throwing throw a heater down on the ground. Some producer's asses and yes. And see, okay, so look. That was another thing. So okay, so we go to O2, mm-hmm. right? We'll just we'll just we'll skip volleyball. We go to O2. Yeah. And we get sent to Palo Alto. Yep. But you and I, this is our first time, we're like, road trip. Yes. And the beauty of not having to prepare for a regional, right? And deal with all the stuff that comes with hosting. Right. Yeah. And that was great because in, in 2001, we host and we hosted the Super Regional. Mm-hmm. So that was a first. Now we're like, oh, hell, road trip. We're going to Stanford. Yep. But the reason why, it was September 11th. After September 11th, they changed all the scheduling. So... Probably in any other year, we'd go to Ohio State, Vanderbilt. Yep. But they changed it where we had to do regionals yep. now. That's right. I very, forgot about that. Very yep. regionally. Yep. Because in that tournament was Stanford, Long Beach State. San Jose State. And San Jose State. Yep. And they, you know, yep. kept them. I'm surprised we didn't share a bus with Long Beach State. I mean, <laughs> You're right. Save money. But so, that was the change of regionals. It was. Yep. Jeremy Guthrie, West Littleton, opening night. 13 right. innings. Remember that? Yeah. 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 Oh, West Littleton. Yeah. St- yeah. Yeah. And Guthrie went, I think, 13 innings. And, I yeah. would expect nothing yeah. more. Yeah. No, that was a fun trip. And that was um, that was just, yeah, it was, a, it was an interesting, 
the stress is so much different when you're on the road, right? Because you're literally there just to help your team be the and, and be a media point person, but you're not dealing with, you know, all the other stuff of getting a press box set up and, and making sure all the coaches, uh, you know, have everything they need and, and all the post game, you know, running the press conferences for every game, right. even if it's not yours. And the scoring so, and the whole thing. Yeah, we could finish the game and go back and play soccer in the hotel room. That's right. <laughs> Video game soccer. Bam, bam, yeah. Pizza and wings. That's right. And at this point, we are now, again, changing the website and we're thinking photos should be horizontal. We've got to have like, we were actually designing the website to display the imagery mm -hmm. and a lot of websites weren't. Right. It was all just bullet points and put on documents and little teeny photos. Yes. And and, and I had started, I went to digital and the photos were god awful because digital just was brutal back then. Mm -hmm. But we started implementing it. Mm -hmm. And then I really think that that 2002 year is where you and I really caught fire and started doing the portraits, the media guides, yeah, we wanted one, but it was really now we were taking things to a whole different level. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I think that set the groundwork for what we came out of the gates with in 03 in, in terms of, of the, the media guides, some of the stuff, the creativity and, and um, I mean, you were talking a website. I'm still talking a little bit print, but right, right. But, but we were touching this because it earlier. Was hand in hand. Yeah, but we were touching this earlier. Uh, you know, before we started recording, some of the creative creativity that flowed out of of the time you and I had together, but also now kind of the, some of the the license that we were given in that place because we had proven okay, we we think we can help you guys get to this next level. But but uh, putting Chad Cordero behind a lawnmower with with uh, starting lineup dolls of, of that we had painted. We remember we had an art student, Tiana, yeah. um, paint like UC Irvine on one, and Long, Long Beach, Beach and, and he was mowing them down. SC and, and Texas. Yes. And, yeah. and then, you know, Shane Costa with a bat that, that I think you tore it open, right? Tore it open and put we, dry, dry ice in it. Smoking bat. We flooded and, the, the racquetball room. Yes, it was, uh, I, I mean, just some of those things. And then I... It was the following year, I guess, that we did the, the Media Guide cover where we recreated the, the famous Rosenblatt uh, Stadium statue. Right. But, but some of the, the, the creative license that I think that we begin to take, um, I think, was, was pretty special. Where, where did you see the or have an understanding like visuals are going to carry this or they're good because there's some SIDs they just don't understand it they don't get visuals I think, well I, that, that's going back to Fullerton College the minute I got into Photoshop and PageMaker and started designing I was like my design's only going to be as good as what I have to work with right I mean it's like a chef right you give right. a chef you give a chef peanut you know, butter and jelly right what can they do with it right uh, you give them caviar or, or you know the 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 freshest meats and produce you can find, um, they're going to be able to do some incredible things, right? So I think that was my recognition early on and why I needed a, a, a good photographer. It's like I, I can only do so much with with average uh, average photography. So that was something I realized early on. Um, but, but, but there are some guys that don't get it. So what what were you able to like click and see? Because I, I mean, I don't want to crap on anybody else, but there were other guys I was working with, they didn't get it. I, I I know exactly who you're talking. About. Yeah, I know. They just didn't get it. I think I wasn't shooting any better or worse for one school or another. Yeah, I think I keep going back to it. So for me, I had a ton of fun learning how to use Photoshop and and learning the graphic design process. And I think for me, seeing how you could make those pictures 
become more than just pictures, right? How you could apply effects and filters and, and bring multiple pictures in. I think it was it was the confluence of, of an exciting time for me learning uh, visual design, graphic design, um, and realizing that you can do some pretty cool things if you've got some good art. I think it was just kind of starting to play with that and see what was possible. Uh, see, that's what I believe makes you special is you're constantly learning. There's some guys, they stop. I get into my job and I stop. I got my job. You were, especially because I've known you through those processes, constantly wanting to eat up the learning process. I want to learn Photoshop. I want to learn the, the website and it, it evolved into your company, but you never quit. And there's guys we're not going to name. They quit. They stop. Yeah. They just butchered the yeah. same images. Yeah, I, I think that just, I think that's something you just have right inside you. I, I don't know if did it's, mom and dad push that creative learning. Was that something you picked up as a child, like in high school, or or a, some teacher? I don't know. As far back as I can remember, I remember always being inquisitive. I mean, if you ask my parents, they'll say that I was always a question asker, right? I was always okay. asking questions, you know, um, why this or why now or what does this do? I, I wasn't like the engineering, you know, there's some kids ask questions about things. They want to take it they apart and figure apart it out. They That wasn't me. I was just more inquisitive about just in general, the nature of things and why things um, work this way or why did it have to be this way? And so I think my mind early on worked that way, which kind of, I think, naturally created this this desire to learn, this desire to explore, this desire to figure out, hey, I don't, I might not know how to do it, but I bet I could figure out how to do it. And Because didn't, you went as far as, and maybe I'm wrong on this, but I think you did. Didn't you take some Photoshop courses like you? The, the only class, I, I remember going up to a, a one-day seminar in LA. Right. It was like a $300 deal. And I but that was a lot of money. It was. And I for, remember I, I, I came back. There were like two things there that they covered in like three minutes that were, were game changers for me, right? I mean, it, 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 one was um, specifically how to um, uh, very easily create a drop shadow. And that was before they had the layer button where you can right. just go layer, drop, right? It, it was. Someone's listening to this now going, really? That's a click. But, <laughs> right. it's, but this is right. not, this is early, right. late 90s. Exactly, yeah. right? And so, like, just coming away with, oh, that's so cool, right? So, so that, that was the only class I took. There was a guy, um, Vin Dang. Do you remember Vin yes. Dang? He was the, he worked in a print shop, print shop at, at Fullerton Full College, right. yeah, or, or North Orange County community. They right. served Cypress too. But he was a Photoshop guy and did all their pre-press stuff. And I got to, I mean, I don't know where Vin is right now, but I've got to give credit to him because he sat down with me and would show me some things and answer questions. And, and he was the one who really kind of helped me, um, I think, evolve some of those ideas. Uh, but, but for the most part, it was just sitting down and playing with the software, which would become super valuable for me as I got into my business. Just right. having this mindset of, hey, it's only software. You can figure it out. Right. Because uh, this is pre-YouTube where you could be like, let me Google drop exactly, shadow. Exactly. Right. right? This, is, this is, look, I'm going to spend about 45 minutes trying to figure out how yes. I can make this just look a little different. Yes. Yes. So it was a combination of playing around and, and getting, you know, having one resource in our, in our print shop that could help me answer or help me with, with some things. But um, it was just uh, always believing, hey. I see this cool media guy. I remember I, I'd, I'd call 
I'd usually spend a day at the beginning of the year calling as many SIDs as I could at Division One schools saying, can you send me your media guide? Can you send me? This is before right. really email was super prevalent, right? Right. So There was no PDF to download. Exactly. So over the course of the next two, three weeks, I remember our athletic secretary got so sick of it because she'd get boxes every day of these 300-page Oklahoma football media guides, right? So right. you probably remember this. We'd go through them and say, oh, yes. this is really cool. This is cool. And, and if we you saw, would tear them out or we would dog ear them. And yes. And if you saw somebody else do it, you're like, okay, there's got to be a way to do it. I'm yeah. going to figure it out. They I, did it. We can I figure it out. I love this effect. You know? So if you think of the two, I'm, I'm weird that I remember this, but you spend so much time, you do. The 2002 Fullerton media guide cover, it was kind of a slanted F that was a glossy, F didn't have color. It was just a. Um, That's right. Uh, a gloss. Uh, I can't remember the, the term they use now. My, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, a little bit removed was, from those there days. Was matte, there was it was matte, it was a but matte it had a finish, but it had gloss on the F. But the F, there wasn't there wasn't ink on the F. It was just a gloss, and it was and we we got it from like Texas Tech or somewhere. I'd seen it somewhere else. I'm like, that is so cool. We got to figure out how to do that. So. So you do borrow some some great ideas, but oh, in the process, sure. it helps you learn and say, "Why well, that's cool, but what if we tweaked it this way, or what if we did this?" Right. So it's that desire to just improve on what you see. So where where did you see that in the audio? Because you're doing you're doing audio on the road. You're not doing it at home, right? Because we had uh, Rob Bushka. Rob Bushka. How can I forget Rob Bushka doing it at home? And sometimes would do it occasionally. Yeah, where did you start to see that I could tinker with this? Because it happens, it happens around 2003. In terms of the streaming component, yeah. like the, 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 what became my business? Right. So that's a, that's a funny story. I mean, we, we were... Because I remember the genesis of it and the worries and the thought. Yeah. So we... we what's the click? Well, the click is Mel Franks. So he walked into my office. So we were with uh, Yahoo. You know, we... Broadcast.com, which is Mark Cuban's four billion, four point seven billion, or whatever he sold it to Yahoo right. for. Um, we were the first ever college baseball program to to stream audio on on, on Broadcast.com, which then was through Yahoo. Right. They grandfathered us and did it for free. And in I want to say oh two ish, they reached out and said, "Hey, it's going to be two hundred fifty dollars a game." Well, Cal State Fullerton doesn't have two hundred fifty dollars a game. <laughs> That's the yearly budget <laughs> for the entire baseball for program, the, right? I'm at the athletic. The whole athletic. Come on, I know you've been removed a while, but that's yeah, right. So, so Mel came into my office and said, "We got a problem." So we, you know, do you have any ideas? Is it something we can do in house? And so, that that for me just triggered. I'm like. I bet there is. So I, just like I did with Photoshop and PageMaker, I was like, okay, what's this QuickTime thing? And QuickTime Broadcaster, well, that seems pretty cool. And hey, there's this little audio coupler that we can connect the phone line to. When you dial it, it automatically answers. And I bet if we patch an audio cable from that into the computer and then run that through QuickTime Broadcast. So it was just trial and error and experimentation and a bunch of uh, trips to Radio Shack. Um, For those that don't know, that's actually a place to be an electronics <laughs> store. There'll be an asterisk in the podcast later of all the things we're mentioning. Well, we are dating ourselves, aren't we? There's 16 kids that just went, hold on, Google, Radio, radio Shack. How do they spell that? Some of the X? I don't think one's been around for a long no. time. But there was that one over on uh, on Chapman. Yes. You know, and, and so we'd run over there and... 
get quarter inch cables or whatever, but figure it, it out. It was just figuring it out, and, and we came up with a pretty, pretty, you know, it was Frankenstein. It was yeah, it was a poor man's system, but it it worked it right. Worked. So yes. we literally, I mean, the way it's set up, I gave Bushka or, or if I was on a road, whatever, he'd call a number. We had this little device in my office, this autocoupler, a Gentner. I still remember the little black box by Gentner. And it was It was set to automatically answer a call when it came in. And then you had a quarter-inch audio cable coming out of the back of that that ran into a little USB adapter that took the audio into the... Um, we were just using an iMac, I think, at the time. Right, it was an iMac, yeah. And that had QuickTime Broadcaster running already set to go and then it ran into QuickTime streaming server which we had on the same computer <laughs> so we had to be careful because you got more than like two three hundred listeners it would choke the pipe um right it was- so but but we we didn't usually get that many at least concurrent listeners and so every now and then like the coupler wouldn't answer something so i'd call mel mel are you near the office? And and I think that was before he moved to Norco. And right, he just he lived still two across, blocks away, yeah. right? So he'd, he'd ride his bike, <laughs> ride his bike there and just reset the coupler or whatever. But it, it did the trick, right? We we ended up uh, doing that for I think most of O two, and um, I just remember the first time seeing it going. Well, that's interesting. That's a lot of stuff. Right. Like just Is that going to work? Yeah. Just, I mean, you made a, you did make a lot of trips to, to I was going to say fries, but they're dying too. Yes, But to Radio Shack, there was just pieces. Yes. Boxes, pieces. Yeah. That iMac was ancient. It was. And and it was, it was trial and error, right? I mean, finding, oh, this cable doesn't work as well, but if I get a shielded cable to work better or... Or a mono or a stereo. Exactly, right? And and just playing around with things until they worked. But we got it pretty dialed in. I mean, it, it, it where, like I said, every now and then the coupler might not reset or whatever and, and or, or the, the server would go down. But that was rare. I mean, I, I'd say, you know, 19 times out of 20, we'd do a game start to finish with no issues. And it saved us 250 bucks a game. And it, it turned out to be a pretty resilient way of doing things. Right. So how do you push the process? And this is what I love about you going, I think there's something here. Yeah, well, I, this, so this is interesting because I was not a, I did not have an entrepreneurial spirit. I certainly had a, a learning spirit, I think, and, and uh, I want to test, I want to push things and I want to try to figure things out. But I don't know that I had an entrepreneurial spirit. And I still remember um, very vividly um, Paul Kazi. Do you remember Paul Kazi? Yes, yes. He was like a super fan and, and helped out the athletic department with some various stuff. But I remember him walking in one day, and we'd been doing this probably now for six or nine months, and him looking at that and saying, hmm, you should market that. And I was just like, yeah, yeah, okay. You know, didn't really think anything of it. And a couple of weeks went by and started thinking about it more, and I'm like, I wonder if there's something to that. And uh, so that Paul Cosby just comment in passing kind of just triggered me to start to think about what would that look like <laughs> if this was an idea and something that, that I could take to other schools. And so I would say it was fall of, no, I'm, I'm going to lie. If I said it, it was early 2003, January, February. And yeah, okay. Because I, yeah. Well, this yes. is right when I started to think, okay, what does this look like if, if I indeed somehow could make this work right. with other schools? At that point, my concept was 
hey, any school that wants to do this, I'm going to help you get you set up with an iMac <laughs> <laughs> coupler right. and, and bring this all to your office. It wasn't a real entrepreneur spirit. It was no. more of a, a good Lord helping you. Yeah, well, I was going to charge for it, sure, right? but, but it was like, so I remember a couple times. One, I went to LMU because, you know, I was trying to peddle this a little bit to my buddies. And, S, and so John Schaefer was a, I remember him. He yes. was SID at LMU yes. at the time. Called him up. Because you're all buddies at that point. Yeah, yeah. And I said, hey, can I show you this idea? And he's like, sure. So I went down there and we set it up. And of course, their network had a firewall I couldn't get through and didn't really work. But I explained it to him. He's like, yeah, you know, maybe we'll, we'll take a peek. And then Concordia, my alma mater, said, hey, can I come down and show this to you? And and again, I'm, I'm starting to think this could be an idea, but more just kind of playing around. And uh, so I go down there and... And same thing, you know, I got through the network, but the coupler kept dropping a line because it was like an ISDN line and not a regular line. And and um, so I went home that night. And in fact, that was right before the baseball team at Fullerton went to Ve- this. Oh, so this was, yeah, this was early 2003. We went to UNLV. Right. Because, not yeah. far from where we're at right now. And I remember driving out there with my wife um, who came out for that series with me. And I remember in the car saying, I think I've got this backwards. Why am I giving them all the equipment? Why couldn't I replicate the equipment, host it somewhere? At that time, I was thinking the office space or whatever. Right. And they call in, and it just routes through the equipment there. I said, I, you know, I don't know how I'd support that. I don't know how I'd, you know, manage it if we had four, five, six schools. But maybe that's the concept, right? And so i started playing with that pretty seriously that idea and and started in my free time to do a lot of research and and try to figure that that whole thing out and that became the idea then that that i ended up going with we're going to take a quick break for a sponsor and we'll be right back so you're thinking this process through in oh in oh three we go to the world series in oh four now in 03. Oh, I'm sorry, in 03. It's Casida? Casida. Casida. I remember we're, 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 our team's legit in 03. It's redemption for two. Those freshmen are now juniors. We've got serious players. We're supposed to win in 03. There's a couple of bumps like with Littleton and stuff like right. that, but we got this guy. We were ranked first in the country yeah, for first in the half country. Of the year. Yeah. yeah, this 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 JUCO recruit Windsor guy is turning out to be <laughs> something because that's everybody forgets. He's he's like an aftermarket JUCO guy. Yep, and he is coming on. You look at his College World Series. I don't know if you ever have. After this podcast, we'll look at his College World Series stats. They're leg- yeah. They're legendary. Yep, like. There's a reason why he's honored. Yep. And all you're thinking about is, I got this company and it's, it's not going to make it. We're at the College World Series and SIDs have a lot of demands. We got the game, the next day you got to go. We're going to events. We're going to the Air Force. Someone's hosting us. We're doing this. We're mm-hmm. doing that. I'm shooting. Hitting golf balls across water. Hitting golf balls across water. All, all the fun <laughs> stuff. And you're sitting there going... I think you're. I don't. I don't remember where you're going after this for the for the conference, but you're scared to death that you're going to show you've got a little banner, you got a little booth, you're going to show this thing called Stretch Internet, and you're yep. and you're sitting there every night with me in the hotel going, it's not going to work. 
No one's going to, no one's going to, I'm going to fail. It's not going to happen. What am I going to do? You had just gotten this new phone that text that looked like an Xbox controller. Do you remember that? It yes, was like I this, do. The sideways one. Yeah. It was a T-Mobile something or other, I think. Yeah. You had just gotten it. T-Mobile around then? Maybe it wasn't so. T-Mobile. I don't, yeah. But it didn't look like anything we should have been holding yes, in our hands. It slid up. Yeah. And yeah right, slid up right. and you could like slit your wrist with yeah. it. And you were just worried <laughs> to death that you've got this idea and nobody's going nobody's gonna to believe you. Like it's not, and you just, I remember just said, calming you down, like, dude, we're at the College World Series. I'm putting all my energy into this baby. No one's going to like it. See, that's, that's interesting that you have that perception, which, because a lot of times people ask me, were you ever scared you weren't going to make it? And I remember, and I don't know if we'll get there or not, but I remember several times during the later years of my business where I'm like, oh man, we're dead. Right. right. But. I don't remember having that fear and trepidation even before we launched. So it clearly was there. You remember that, but I don't. I don't remember that part. What I remember is just all the activity I was trying to do to get things rolling. Right. Um, so, yes. So we were Cosida that year, which is a trade show for sports information directors, and which was my target audience, my target market. Right. That's your guys. That's my guys. I was in Cleveland in late June. That's uh, <laughs> so. That's that's what my mind was on probably for a good chunk of those yes. World Series was getting ready for that. I remember right before the College World Series, sitting in my small family room in my Buena Park home. Literally, I, I'd written, I'd printed out, I'd created these little brochures. I still remember what they yep. looked like, stretching in that brochures and had written or printed out a, a page to every SID and AD in Division Two and Division Three because that's who I was thinking would use our product mostly. Right. And hand or hand signed each one, put in a custom stretch internet embossed folder, put it in a priority mail envelope, and literally, I mean, it took me, I don't know, four hours a night for two straight weeks or whatever. And wow. we sent out, you know, several hundred of these. That was my first marketing piece. And and I remember, so that was probably, I was flipping open that phone because I had my stretcher in an email by then seeing, has anybody emailed, has anybody emailed? And 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 then, yes, I created a, <laughs> this is one of my favorite stories is this, to your point, this was before I knew, is this going to work? I don't know. Right. Right. So I didn't want to spend a lot of money on something that might not pan out. So I had a banner printed, but then rather than buy a stand, I, I bought PVC pipe at Home Depot <laughs> I and built a banner. I mean, I set this thing up, I remember in a convention hall, and if you walked by like at more at like a brisk pace, the whole thing almost <laughs> top you. <laughs> this homemade I remember banner. you showing me this PVC yes. piping. I, think, I, told, I remember telling you, if it doesn't work out, at least we can redo your sprinklers. <laughs> That's true. Uh, it, it was, it was, you know, hey, it was on the cheap though, right? Right. And, and well, you're not going to spend two grand on a elaborate banner. Right. You don't have any budget yet. Yeah. I mean, I spent, I don't know how much on the mailings and the brochures and then, the, you know, for the Cosida space as, a, as an exhibitor. All in, I was probably four or five grand in. And, um, but I remember getting the Cosida and I barely set my booth up and put brochures out. And Christopher Newport University out of Virginia that they're Francis Tomasino and Wayne Block still remember these guys in fact I have their contract framed in my office at home because it was the first one they walked up before I'm even set up said where do we sign up I'm like holy cow this is going to be easy <laughs> and you know so it, hello boys yeah exactly <laughs> so that that was my introduction to Cosida and, and a convention was was that that interaction which was a major especially after your recollection which again I don't have the, the memories of kind of that stress and anxiety, but it was obviously there. But uh, just getting there and having that, it was like, 
okay, at least one school is interested, right? There might be something here. Right. And uh, so, you know, we left. Do you remember what we found in that hotel on the way out the door when we were in Omaha? Mm Mm-mm. So we do our normal bed check, make sure we don't have anything left behind. Look underneath the bed, and there's adult magazines. I do been, not remember yeah, that. We've been playing GameCube. They were probably yours. Well, now it's, yeah, come on. Mary. It was probably some ball players that got eliminated. In the, I just remember we were playing, you know, GameCube, that damn MLB yes. had been out. And you somehow figured how to throw curves and sliders and wasn't telling me. And I'm getting, For once, I was the one who was actually winning. You kicked my butt in every other game. And, and I'm just like, you've got these weak pitchers dealing on me. And I'm like, how are you making it slide and curve? And, and I remember, you know, we had stuff all over the room, like two pigs, and we were there for 10 days, whatever it was. And I remember just packing up going, oh, Christ, this is what we find? <laughs> that makes me a little uncomfortable. I thought it was the best, like, because you missed an 01, the hurricane, or the tornado mm-hmm. that tore through. And then I just remember that, trying to like, yeah, Ryan, this, this thing is going to work. It's going to work. It's going to work. Team doesn't do so well. We get beat. But then we have our same kind of season again. Everything goes great. You're, you're getting clients through three. And then in four, you were just, it was blowing up for you. Yes. So four. You were the complete opposite that you were in three that I remember. And, and I, I, you were just like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Yeah. I just got to get to this World Series because I, I got people calling. I got yeah. people wants and needs. And we're at the College World Series. Right. I, yeah. So, I, I mean, even I remember even like the – that was the first year we're designing the 04 Media Guide, which is usually my pride and joy and thing. I, I remember just like – how quickly can I put something out that still is really good? I, I felt a little bit bad about my efforts that year just because I was now managing a business that I think when we launched Stretch Internet in 03, or in, in summer of 03, by the time we got to January, so six months into the school year, we probably had 17 to 20 schools, right? And they're running out of my garage. Yeah, right. I mean, let's talk about that. Literally, yeah. out of your garage. Why did you not go office space just for saving? Uh, saving money, man. I was frugal. I bootstrapped this. And, and you know, we had a little bit of, of money saved, but not a lot. My wife's a Lutheran high school teacher, and I'm an SID, right? Right, and, and you've already four or five grand in on just yeah. marketing and product yeah. and placement. So I didn't want to get in this long-term lease and, uh, and, and not so... Fortunately, I mean, it's amazing how you look at, at some of the, the breaks that you got. Fortunately, we had just moved into a, a brand new neighborhood, right, that they had built for Cal State Florida faculty and staff, and they had so much um, infrastructure coming in. Like, when I called and said, hey, I need four ISDN lines so I can get 96 phone lines, up to 96 phone lines eventually in my garage, because right. that's how we acquired the audios over phone lines, the lady's like, are you kidding me? And she's like, I'll take a look, but no no residents I know of, could, you could get more than one ISDN line in there. I'm like, okay, this isn't gonna work. Sure enough, we could get four ISDN lines <laughs> into our, my garage. So sure. Why not, right? So we started out with only three, or two maybe, and, and grew over time. But I, at one point I had, I think, up to 72 phone lines in my garage. I had these industrial gorilla racks in a garage with, at that point, we needed like one iMac for every four schools because I had to right. use these USB. So we had racks of like 15 iMacs and Where we had- Where were you getting your iMacs at? 
I mean, fries, wherever. I mean, Apple. Yeah. I, I don't, I, a bonus for every ten yeah, IMAX, get I, one free. I should have, right? But I, I mean, we're we had these these audio, you know, these coupler bays where the ISDN would break into. Or it's called a channel bank. The ISDN line, you you come into a channel bank, and that would be what distributed each ISDN into twenty four phone lines. Now, where are you thinking this through? How is that? Are you are you coming up with these ideas for that to work? Is that just through research and just through research and trial and error? Because it, it, so, for instance, initially I'm like, hey, I wonder if I can get you know every time I get a new client, I just call the phone company, say I need a new phone line, and I call them. There's like, well, no, that's not how it works. If you had an ISDN line, you could do twenty. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. What's an ISDN? You know. So this again, to your point was you could do some research on the internet at this point, no right. three or four, but. Not YouTube much. No, you know, I don't no, even know if it was there no, yet. No, that was still monkeys throwing poop on <laughs> YouTube. Come on. So it was It was just, you know, you'd have to call and ask people and learn and, and trial and error. I remember, you know, little things like right before our, our first, you know, two weeks before kind of our first official broadcast, which was an East Tennessee State University football game in August of 2003, I got finally got the ISD lines, uh, lines in there, got phone lines coming into the out of the channel banks into the audio devices into the computer and and i do a test and send the audio out and stream it and you can't when i pulled it up it's like this you can barely i mean you, you couldn't hear it oh. i'm like oh great this isn't gonna work right and I, I i shouldn't say i didn't have that that much of a defeatist attitude but i'm like now what and so my wife says who's a musician she's like go get a preamp I'm like what's a preamp <laughs> <laughs> so she sends me to get the to um uh, guitar, guitar center. center. Ah. <laughs> she sends me to Guitar Center, and I walk in and say, "Where would I find a preamp?" This guy points me to a wall, and and uh, there's this little thing called a uh, um, Audio Buddy, and it's a two-channel preamp, fifty bucks. Um, you talk about something I should got. I mean, I had so many of these things by the time all was said and done. Did you keep them in business for a while? I did. I'm sure I did. Yes, and brought this thing home and just. Instead of connecting the audio cable directly into the, into the computer, I now ran it through the preamp and took the out from the preamp into the computer and was able to adjust. Adjust the gain. Perfect. Beautiful. Volume was exactly what I needed, right? So it was just as you go, you know, and I think this is going to be the case of every entrepreneur and, and small business uh, or business founder. Um, you just, there's things you just, you don't. You don't know what you don't know, right? And, right, you and just go. You just go and, and you learn. and, and I uh, loved that about you. And, and I think part of it was, A, I didn't feel like there was a lot to lose because I hadn't invested a ton. Um, but I still had some, some purpose behind this. One of the things, there was a family dynamic here too, which is we had uh, one kid, another one on the way, was born during the 04 baseball right. season. You really did your wealth. I did, yeah. <laughs> I missed a game for that too. It was a Tuesday night LMU game, but um, at least I made it, it was to college. LMU. Rules. <laughs> That's Come true. On. We beat them. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> but uh, I, you know, it was it, it just having to um, figure out how are we going to make this work with my wife teaching and me working, and and if we ever want to make a change where one of us doesn't have to work full time and. The business start. This idea started to me to become a a real way of of maybe making that life change. So there was enough impetus for me to continue to try to f say, hey, there's got to be a way to figure this. Got to be a way to figure this out. Right. Um, I mean, she's your audio engineer at this point too. She is. <laughs> well, and and so Saturdays for the we we did this in a garage for three years before we moved to Arizona. I remember when you showed it to me and you opened up the garage door yeah. and it should have had like the 2001 just like. 
Because it was just like lights flashing what everywhere. The hell! Yes. Close the door. Close the door. Don't let anybody see this. Oh my god! Yes. So and Saturdays, what was funny is the office where I did most of the administrative work and monitoring broadcast. It was just me for the first three years. Right. Right. So Saturdays, I would spend in my little office, um, just listening to all these broadcasts which was on one end of the house and the garage is on the other so I'd go back and forth through the family room and kitchen into the garage and a hundred times a day Lindsay my wife got so sick now of, what are you doing just making that trip back and forth oh, just like adjust the adjusting gain. The, yeah the gain needs to go up a little bit on this one or I'm not hearing audio coming through are they connected or is it just no you know it's just little things like that right um, very I mean but your support staff at that time, your, your technical I'm everything. support. I'm everything. And this is happening, to your point, while baseball season's going on, right? So, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying to be, trying to support a team that would go on and win the college world. I mean, granted, we started at 17 and 18, so we weren't very good for the first half of the year. But trying to support Blank that <laughs> Trying to support that team and do that job well. And I think I, I, did, it, I did the job well, but... I, always on your on my mind was, you know, a how do I support this? You know, the business growing. I'm getting more leads. How am I marketing for next year? And the '04 World Series, which should have been, and it was a, a great memory and a, and a fun time. But I'm, I'm got this on my mind, and then my buddy was going to go up to because they they had Cosida that year. The it, tournament it, overlap it, the 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 final three games of the College World Series. It, wasn't it in Canada? Calgary? Yeah, Canada and Calgary. I, I talked to my buddy before we went to Omaha. I said, "Hey, if if Fullerton gets to the championship series, I won't be able to go. If I can, I could you go and just stay at a booth for me? Man, I'll t- just man, man. I'll tell you what. To, you know, just take names Smile. down. The guy calls. You probably remember this because it's in the yes. hotel room. He calls me from the airport. Says, "You're not going to believe this, but I was born in the Philippines, and I don't have." Um, I don't have my birth certificate, or, or I forget what it was, but they would not let them board the plane to Canada. And so I'm, I, I was a stress. I do remember being stressed. I have then. pictures of it. <laughs> I have pictures. I don't know if you remember, but you're on your phone and you're just sitting there, just going, "I'm gonna kill somebody. I'm gonna kill somebody." So I, I was very stressed then. I was like, "Okay, great. You know, I had a year momentum under my belt. Now my major marketing opportunity gone." And uh, remember being very stressed about that, and and probably did not enjoy that World Series as much as I should have, especially given the fact that we, you know, went all the way that year. Um, it was it was a much more stressful time. Right. But it it was it was beautiful to play sidekick to the College World Series and see Stretch Internet just blossom just from one year to the next go from the idea to an actual living company like it's mm-hmm. happening yeah it was unbelievable to sit back and watch it. it 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 was for me too and and you know part of it the ride happened so fast and you're just dealing with the day-to-day you don't sometimes get that perspective right um but i just remember if i look i mean there's no way i could do that now uh just the energy right i mean i you Young go and dumb you don't know any better i, I mean i was working during baseball season 60 70 hours a week for fullerton and probably another 50 a week i mean it was literally from I'd get up at six in the morning and and try to hang out with my young daughter for a little bit and then do a little bit of work before I went to Fullerton and come home and work till one in the morning and then all weekend. I mean, it was those first couple of years were hard. How did Lindsay handle it? She was great. I mean, super supportive. I mean, obviously there were stressful times, right? And and did she see the the? Did you have to picture the company or did she see it? 
I think the fact that I was tell her, the fact that I was able to say, "Listen, I'm not quitting my job. Let's see what happens here." You know, that reduced a lot of the anxiety from her. It wasn't like, "Oh man, what if this doesn't work?" Right. Um, so, but she was even that. It's not like she didn't have faith in me or, or the idea. She's like, "Let's try." It. I mean, I think she, I had to sell her a lot in the garage concept. Remember sure. that? I mean, yeah, that's crazy. Right. I mean, it, it's crazy. It, it is crazy, right? If you would have said, can I put up a batting cage? <laughs> okay, whatever. It's but a hobby. Can I put 72 phone lines in my garage? Right. And so that, and you can't let anybody see it. You can't. Well, in fact, we had one night. Um, you know, we live in an okay area, but it's there were some sketchy neighborhoods. Sure. And, and, Any neighborhood could be sketchy. You just need someone to come walking through the cul-de-sac. Yeah. And, and so... You know, we didn't park in a garage, but I... Re- you couldn't. You couldn't, right. But I remember one night, our master bedroom was right over the garage. And one, two in the morning, all of a sudden I hear the garage door, you know, because you could feel the... Uh, I woke up because the garage door is opening. I'm like, what is going on? I sprint down. So I didn't even think I probably should have grabbed something, a weapon or something, right. right? I sprint down there and... As I got down there so fast, the garage door hadn't even start, stopped or stopped uh, opening clicked. yet. It was still right. going. Run out, and there's a car peeling away from our driveway. And I, I went and checked my uh, wife's car, and a garage door opener was gone. So all I could think of is these guys got that where they would come back some other time, and they accidentally hit it. Hit it. And so then I just bolted the garage. I mean, we called the cops, all that. Um, but then I just bolted the thing shut so nobody could could open it. Um, but that was a little bit rattling. I would have loved to have seen the cops look on their face when they saw it inside the garage. <laughs> <laughs> now, officer, <laughs> what you're about to see, <laughs> let's just keep it to my friends. I'll be donating to the police fund. That's right. And if you need anything streamed, <laughs> anything I'm your man. Streamed. You know, Buena Park PD always needs good streaming. That's right. Softball, league, exactly. whatever. I'm your man. Exactly. Well, that's good she bought onto it. She did. She was supportive. She, you know, and I think it also helped. Listen, we had, like I said, 15, 20 schools halfway through the first academic year. And that was, you know, we were charging... $2,500, I think, to a school for unlimited audio streaming. So right. you do the math on that. That was an extra, you know, I didn't, I had some overhead, but I was probably netting 20, 25K. Right. You're not in an office space. You don't have any employees. Right. You're not paying insurance or anything, healthcare. Right. And, and there was a lot of interest. I mean, I was getting hits every week for schools. Hey, what about, you know, next year we're interested? So now how quickly did it grow from year zero, one? into two where did you start to see that just lift it was it was fairly i mean so i think by the end of year one we had i want to say 17 it was somewhere in that 15 to 20 range by the start of year two we were at about 40 to 45 and that was when i so after the 04 series when fullerton won a month later is when i i told mel said i i've i'm seeing some real promise here i've i've got to give this thing a run i think this has some legs and so that's when i resigned from fullerton right after an 04 series and and so by that fall we had probably at the start of the year about 40 schools probably grew by another 10 or 15 i i I don't have the remember the exact numbers but right but it it, i'm i remember saying are you saying it's going yeah it it did I, i it's funny i remember when i was still playing with this concept remember having a conversation you remember mike nagler yep 
our strength and conditioning coach or assist. Yeah, he was our, he was no. our head one. And yeah, now he was my roommate in 01 when you... Oh, that's right. Yeah. And I think he's at UC Irvine still. Um, mm, yes. At least I, last I remember or talked to him, yeah. I remember having a conversation with him in a USC at USC in the baseball dugout during batting practice, explaining to him this concept and saying, you know, I was thinking what I could do down the road. And I was... I remember thinking, okay, $2,500 a school. And I was telling Mike, and imagine if I got 40 schools... You know, that's a hundred thousand dollars in gross revenue coming in. I that that like blew my mind. That, right. You know, and by year two we were at forty plus schools, and and you know, and it, it kept growing uh, pretty quickly. I mean, we had some major breakthroughs in terms of growth further down the road. Right. Um, when but we started that, getting that into video and, and you know, being able to be like, okay, we've got something yes, here. It was. They're, they're going to tell other people, how are you doing that? Yeah. Oh, I'm using this stretch it, internet. What? It, what is that? It was the right niche at the right time, right there. Because you know this, not everybody goes to Casida, and a lot of stuff is word to mouth. Oh, especially in the SID uh, world. Yeah, in college athletics. And I can't afford to go. Right. Or I don't need to go. Right. I'm, I'm So it was a lot of direct mail marketing, which back then was effective. You know, you put the little, I put a little, I paid, I, I don't remember how much in the Cosida Digest, which was this monthly yep. newsletter or magazine that went out that people actually read. I paid to have my brochure inserted into that. And that was huge. We got a lot of hits off of that. Um, but it, it was, you know, there were not a lot of schools doing audio broadcasting online, at least at the division two and three levels. They couldn't afford it. Couldn't afford it. Thought it was too hard or complicated. Um, and the ones, the companies that were dabbling in this had weird business models and, and, um, I remember you saying contracts were really bad for those models. Like contracts they, were bad. Customer service was almost non-existent. Um, it, it was just a, it was such, it was a, a very, very young kind of raw industry at that time. For, because I remember for the way you created it, it was very push and play there wasn't like you need a bunch of this and a bunch of that you kept it very simple and initially it was all through a telephone right so you, you, you we'd give you a toll-free number right you dial yeah. the number it would ring once and then click and then you start talking that's it go you hook up your sennheiser your jk audio box and your sennheiser headsets and, and or if you if you didn't have that you could just get a little cheap thing from this place called radio shack that we talked about again <laughs> in the you comments. Know, and, and talk over that and you know as cell phones became more and more prevalent i'd tell people heck you can dial from your talking literally be at a baseball game with no landlines call cell phone from, from your cell phone and talk and, and and be broadcasting a game and at that time that thought was like you know, you see SID's no, eyes. No, you can't. You can't. Yeah, That's crazy. Right. It, it was it was mind blowing to them, right? So, um, it was it was a pretty neat. Um, we we just found a nice niche and a nice model that that became very accessible. So then, where did you going into five? Where did you believe? Okay, moving to Arizona is our next step. So '06, we moved to summer of '06, but we made that decision in summer of '05. We we bought a place. Um, we just figured. Business is continuing to grow. It can support us. My wife is, you know, we had two small kids at that time. My wife loved her job, um, but realized, hey, the kids are only this age once. I want to be able to be a mom. Right. Um, it's going to be tough to do that in Orange County. Um, I lived in Arizona in high school, and so I had some, you know, so we said, you know what, let's just, let's make this, uh, have this family adventure, go to Arizona, and, and, in 05, are you still the only employee? Yeah. So from 03, so the first three years, we're in a Buena Park garage, and I was the only employee. 
um, for those three years. So by the, I, I don't remember the number of schools we have, but I do remember on a given Saturday during a crossover season, so right. February, baseball, basketball, both going on. On a given Saturday in year three, I'd have maybe 130, 140 broadcasts. Jesus. And I'm, I'm doing all the support for all those. Not only not only the school support, but fan support, right? So right, because they're... We'd provide our support email if, if users were having trouble pulling up the audio or whatever. So, you know, there was... Saturdays, oh, Saturdays were not fun. Uncle Pete's calling, how do we get this yes. audio? Yes. So it, they were super stressful. And obviously there were issues and, and things Hello, that... Hello, this is Ryan. Can I help you? Oh, God. Yes. Um, and, and I still, my, my wife probably asked how she, to this day, she, we had a separate business phone, obviously, in our, and it had a certain ring to it. And I think that's probably the thing that my wife still gets jitters from. If, if, she, if I somehow, I don't remember what the ring was, but if I could find that and if just you could like it, casually you... play it, I think you'd probably see her start to twitch. I mean, I really do. We gotta find it. We gotta find it. It'd be a great Pavlov moment uh, yes. to see if she still has that. It, it, I mean, that thing would go off just any time of day or night and, and it'd be in our garage usually if it, you know but you could hear it upstairs in our master bedroom of right course. so it that became a source of tension um, for sure <laughs> i can't imagine why <laughs> so it, it uh but it was it was a crazy three years yeah so then you decide okay we're taking the crew yeah. and going to arizona and, and we're with the thought of expanding oh yeah yeah so we it's am, real now we're year three and it's real so get a real boy a big boy office right um, no more garage so at least an office office in, in Mesa. Uh, moved to Gilbert, but I found the cheapest office I could. And it wasn't, well, it had bars and windows, let's put it that way. But <laughs> but it was uh, it was the right amount of space and, and not a horrible area. Um, and uh, leased that and got my first, just one part-time employee, primarily to, to work on Saturdays and... and Cover uh, the phone lines. Yeah, and on, on nights, so I wouldn't have to be there all the time and, and just help with that. And... Um, and uh, you know, what's busy nights? Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It, it depends on the time of year, right? I mean, okay. basketball could be any night. Um, That's true. Fall usually not quite as bad. Friday nights, obviously, with high school football, which we did a lot of, and um, <gasps> high schools picked up on this. Yeah, huh? not not. I mean, we we did some. College was the biggest market, but we did enough high school football that Fridays were pretty busy. Um, so uh, one one part time next year, fall of seven. Brought two more part-time people. I mean, I didn't hire my first full-time guy until 2010. So we even had a four-year gap or four-year run. But did you really need one? You didn't, right? I mean, you, just, you well, can get away with part-timers. because One of the things I read early was, you know, I've, I've always been in philosophy of, of be conservative with with your spending in general, but on personnel and, and hire where your pain is. And so it would ha I, I would have to feel a lot of pain before I could justify bringing more people on. I, I probably could have, I could, definitely could have used full-time people. I could have found um, purpose for them and, and, and maybe in hindsight could have been a little more aggressive and brought on some sales people or marketing and done some things a little bit differently. Um, Where are you finding this business sense at this point in like five and six when it's becoming not in the garage anymore, but we're moving to Arizona and shit's getting real. Yeah. Where, it, where are you finding this business it, it, sense? It, I mean, Instinct, I guess. I mean, again, I I, I didn't have a business background. I, right. I mean, but, See, I, but what, you carried it off so well. I think what I found was business is relationships, and and so number one for me was I was super proud of the relationships we built with our clients. I mean, I, I worked my butt off to support them, and 
and it just built incredible relationships with these folks. And I think because of that word of mouth, I mean, we, our customers were a sales force. I mean, they really were. Right. And, and it, it started with the rela- I, relationships and, and just being able to put out a, a professional, I mean, this gets back to some of what we talked about earlier, but a professional image. I mean, the, the materials, our logo, our, our website, our branding. I mean, I don't think a lot of small companies, um, businesses, realize how important that is out of the gates. I mean, that's the first impression um, that you leave. So I think the combination of just having, I think, really good branding. Mike Greenlee, a former guest here, did our logo for us. He was a graphic designer. Right. And, and that logo was ours for all 15 years. Um, I think that that helped establish us as okay. This company looks legit, right? And then and just really focusing on the relationships and you know, if I look back, I didn't have a lot of business savvy. There are probably, like I said, things I should have done differently or could have done differently. And I, I really got more serious about becoming a student of business, um, probably closer to 2012, 13, 14. Um, Where did you see that and go, okay, I need to make this a I little think more as, as my full time staff started to grow, I mean, people, people are problems, right? And I, I don't mean that people are, nope. are the pure, the best Abs- joy too, right? Yes. I mean, if you ask me what I miss most about my business now that I, I'm not in it anymore, it's the people love, sure. love the, the relationships and, and they became family, but people also bring a lot of problems and, and, uh, managing people, managing expectations. Um, and I, I realized that, okay, now that I've got full-time people in here, I need to figure out how to more effectively manage them, how more effectively to lead them, how more effectively to structure the business so they have opportunity for growth. Um, so I think it was really that, you know, once I got to four or five full-time people, I was like, I've, I've got to have a better system in place um, to, to scale for growth and to provide these people the, the resources they need. That's that's good that you saw it. So many companies don't and they fail. Yeah. Because of that. So as it, as you're in Arizona and you're getting your footprint in and things are starting to evolve, how are you keeping up with the technological changes, mm-hmm. right? Because now the iPhones out, like things can creep in and become competitors and you don't see them. How are you staying ahead of this curve? Yeah. Because uh, you don't need a 13-year-old that comes along and goes, I found something that's easier. Right, right. I, I, you know, that's tough, right? In your technology, things change overnight. Um, so And some you don't see. Some you don't see. That's right. And, and so some of it's, you know, sometimes you're playing catch-up in areas. Other times, it's just trying to spot a trend ahead of time and, and you know, saying this is what I'm going to put my – this is where I'm going to put my – you know, if, if you get somebody gives you 10 coins and you've got these four and you can put six in this one and two and, you know, saying I think this is going to be the one where we're going to have the most success. I'm going to throw my my efforts in that. Right. And for us, that that really became user experience. And so we focus a lot of effort um, on, on creating the best kind of portal we call the portal, which is where users access right. it, right? And eventually expanding, saying, okay, people don't want just audio or video, but we want to build in live statistics and the ability to, to, to have social media in there and chat with other fans, et cetera. Um, I, I think I also was blessed that my second full-time employee I got was a computer science student at Arizona State. This was f- summer of 07, he joined. He worked for me part-time when he graduated. I brought him on as my technology manager, and he's still with the company today. Um, and he was uh, he's just one of those geniuses, right? One of those guys that, that just 
could figure things out, right? So he really would played a major role in terms of, of helping me. That's great. Um, you know, I, I'd see something or point something out and say, oh, that's that's how they do this, or we should do it this way. And, and just, you know, so I, I, I knew enough at the beginning of technology to get it started, but I'm not a tech guy. So I'm, I'm here, it's funny, I'm, I'm talking to you about a tech business and I'm telling you I'm, I don't have a business background or a tech background. Right, <laughs> right? But, but you made it work. And there's so many people that say, I don't have a tech business or I don't have a tech background or a business background, I can't do that. And you're like, the hell I can't. I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to Radio Shack. And, and this guy, Hal, behind the counter, is going to give me enough parts and tools. That's right. And I'm going to figure it out. And that's what you did. And there's, but there's, and that's why I wanted you on. You were able to do that. And there's so many people that will stop. Mm-hmm. They just say, I don't have this background in X, Y, and Z. I can't do that. Yeah. No, no. If you have a passion, you see a need, you can forge forward and make it happen. Just grind, do it. Yeah, and, and, and you grinded. You've got to have a. You've really, especially in the early. I'd say throughout the business, but especially in the early days, you've got to have that. No problem is is going to stop me type of attitude. Have, right? Yes, because I, I gave you some small examples. The audio was coming in too faintly. I'm like, oh, whatever. Or okay, great. I can't get phone lines in my girl. Whatever it is, you you just always have to think okay well there's another way to do it there's another way to do it there's another way to do it and 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 people are huge too that's why i said bringing this guy on board who had the same type of attitude but new new technology you know when i ran out when my knowledge base stopped he could pick up from there and say oh well, we could do this or try this or try that right so it, it became the point now where i had multiple another person to brainstorm with and think and, right. and that that's huge too i i was fortunate. I didn't have a co-founder, and you hear some of the best success stories are when you have a couple people. That, right, that's, Apple, yeah, yeah, Waz and Jobs, exactly. And you know, you think a lot of you know. You, I just read the a book on Airbnb, and and you know they had a couple. One's usually more right. tech based, and the other's kind of more the marketing business. or business. Yeah, and, right, right, and and so that I didn't have that for the first several years, and so I just had to had to kind of fake my way through it or figure it out. Um, but eventually having that person there that could help really kind of, to your point, make sure we were addressing some of the technological enhancements and figuring, okay, an iPhone's out, how do we stream on that? And um, introducing concepts and ideas to me where I eventually I said, hey, go. You know, kind of what Mel did, I learned from Mel, right? Mel said, hey, right. I trust you. you, you're good at this, you have an instinct, go. I think that was huge. That that is something I try to do, and, and probably subtly Mel passed that on to me. Is where when I saw my team members exhibit a strength or an area of expertise, and I said, "Go, figure it well, out." And to that, I think I don't know if you've read like Jobs's autobiography. Mm-hmm. I, I I read a ton of biographies, and and like two most opposite people are Trump and Jobs. And reading their biographies, they both and, and Jobs for certain love to surround themselves with people smarter than them mm-hmm. and melted that yeah he's confident enough to put smarter people around him and then he doesn't have to deal with these problems he can trust them they're good people and and you were able to do that you took from mel understood it you were mature enough to see it you brought this kid in didn't look at him as you know, someone that could take the business or take something from it and walk off and make a better idea. You brought a better, smarter person in and had him work for you. And mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of people that miss that point, that if you surround yourself with smart people, your business will flourish. 
Yeah, and, and I think it's also, now we're getting in a fight, I know we'll talk more about business, but I, I love talking about leadership too, because I've learned a lot, right. some, some the hard way, but I think that one of my biggest things on leadership is you've it, you've got to admit that you don't have all the answers. Yes. And and I think that's, that's okay. It, it's perfectly okay. And in fact, it's empowering because if you can sit in with your leadership team or your, your teammates and say, guys, let's figure this out together or, hey, I'm stuck here. I don't know what to do. What do you think? I don't think that shows weakness. I think that shows strength because you're saying... We're, we're a team. I trust you. I, I think you might have a better idea than I do here. And if it is, right. and I'm going to tell you, I'll, I'll still be accountable for it. I'm not going to throw the blame on you if it doesn't work. But let's figure this out together because I don't have the ideas here. And um, I've just learned over the time that that is so empowering to your team, right, to the people what, you're with. What do you what do you think happened that, that made you start to get that leadership role or understand it? Because you're still a young man. It's not yeah. like you're 68 and you figured it out and you're now a powerful leader in the later years of your life. I mean, you're still a young man and you've understood that. Yeah, I, I think part of it was getting the right, some of the right people on early, right? That that you just started to develop rapport with and realize, man, these, these guys are, they're, they're hard workers. They, they have great ideas and, and, um, so I think part of it just came through through getting some of those right people on there. And and part of it, again, I talked earlier about starting to become more of a student of, of business and leadership. Maybe in 2012, 13, I started to read pretty voraciously. I started to go to, I remember I went to a thing in San Francisco, a three-day seminar by a company called E-Myth, which is on um, helping entrepreneurs grow their businesses and, and just started to to really become a student of leadership and, and, and management and business. And so a lot of those concepts just came through seeing how other people approached it and, and talking to people and reading about, about other leaders and, and, and entrepreneurs. So, um, I, in hindsight, I wish I had started that, that, you know, that part of my, uh, learning journey several years earlier. Um, because I don't think I probably blossomed, you know, and we're always learning as leaders, but I don't right. think I blossomed into that kind of leader until, you know, the last maybe uh, three, four, five years of my business. Well, you learned. Mm -hmm. There's so many companies that are flourishing and the leadership at the top is the biggest problem. Right. So you were able to actually figure it out, get good people, understand your process, know if you bring good people in, this company's what, gonna move forward. And, and what's interesting is by the end of the, so the last three to four years then when I became more of a student lead, almost all of my time at that point in the business was spent, and it became fun, it was, I had the staff in place, I had the people in place, it was spent on the business, not in the business. Right. Like it got to the point toward the end of the business where I couldn't tell you technically how we did a lot of the stuff we did. Um, you know, I was I was more interested in how are, what kind of environment am I, are we creating for our, our employees? What kind of experience are we creating for our clients? Um, and that's and that's perfectly fine. It, I, I think it's better, right? Sure. I mean, it, it, I, I was more focused on making sure the business was in a place to flourish and grow and face challenges, and that our team was energized and engaged. Because you're the face at that point; you're not the engineer. Yeah, yeah, and and that's a that's a fun point to get to. I mean, listen, we're, we have 20 employees, so you're still you're still involved in the day to day to a certain extent, but when you can get to the point where you're, you're not the one, you're not writing code, grinding and figuring yeah. out all the, the yeah, and, and you can have fun kind of just interfacing with your people and managing people and and 
helping them uh, face their challenges and, and figure out their roadmaps to growth. And, and that's fun. That's a fun place to be. How uh, We touched a little bit, but how did you try to stay ahead of the curve? In technology? Yeah. I mean, uh, just uh, trying to be as educated as possible for starters, you know. Um, you know, whether... <laughs> You know, I had the blogs I'd check out all the time. I'd have uh, conventions that we'd go to, um, you know, CES up here in, in, in Vegas and, and right. National Association of Broadcasters, NAB, yep. you know, just walking the hall, just seeing what, what's coming out, what products are out there, how are people doing things, um, uh, you know, and, and trying to implement things that we could that made sense for our, our audience, right? I think that's the other thing you have to do when, you're, when you have a small business is you can never forget who... Who your audience is, who your your customer is, right? Because there there's a million ideas we could have said. Oh, let's do this, but would it have been the best thing for our? It might have been cool. Would it have been the best thing? Right. Maybe not. Right. So it was it was again trying to figure out which bucket we're going to throw those coins into. Uh, there might be twenty of them we can choose from, but this one makes the most sense because it's something we can chew off, and it's something that's really going to benefit our customers. Did Did you see the iPhone as a big jump? for you technologically, I mean, it came out in seven, so that's something now, okay, mobily, people can carry stretch internet with them. There's not, they're not tied to the desktop. Yeah. And it's, you can put it in the car, you're tailgating, wherever. I mean, I, uh, for you, that must have been like a next big hump. Yeah, and interestingly enough, so the, the iPhone did not become a common streaming platform for, I mean. A there, couple of years, right? Because yeah, I mean, the first it, one was, was not. Probably, I, I mean, some of the, like, I don't know, MLB probably was on there pretty quickly because they had a sweetheart deal, whatever, but sure. But it probably wasn't until maybe, I don't know, 09, and I still remember, probably shouldn't admit this because I was driving, but I remember. <laughs> what state? It might have been okay. Arizona. Okay, uh, I think it's fine. You don't have to wear helmets in that state. That's right. Seatbelts are new, I think. <laughs> open container, you know. Kind of a gun, gun out. Gun, yeah. yeah. Wild so. with the open container. That's right. If you're on a horse. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love Arizona. I, I, I do too. I do too. I remember walking um, or, or driving rather. You got me thinking about horses now. But <laughs> I, I remember driving down the road and we were testing in the office. And I remember pulling up. Um, I don't know why I remember this, but at Gustavus Adolphus College, which is in Minnesota, um, pulling up. We were they were one of our clients and we were testing streaming a men's ice hockey game. And I remember watching that, seeing that on my iPhone probably 09 as I was driving like this is cool and no one else in our field was really doing that why not not that I want the, the, the technology that. again because Apple hadn't you know you had the right had to have the right streaming server that that would encode it in a way that was uh, compatible with, right. with how were, Apple was yeah. you know and and so it was believe it or not it was not everybody was doing it um, so I remember going to and we do take the phone the iPhone now granted like in the early years, it was perfect. It was still being evolved. Yes, it was. It was. I, I remember going to the NCAA convention in Anaheim in the summer of 2010. Okay. iPads had just come out. And I remember taking my, having my iPad um, at my exhibit booth and having one of our games streamed on that. And people just stopping by and saying, is that, is that like a game that you guys have? Was, yeah. Like, you know, people were floored that we had we were able to stream a game on the iPad, right? Um, and it's only ten years ago, right? Um, so, 
it was it was finding those things. That's a perfect example. We knew that would be something our customers would love. Yes, right. Um, you put those coins in that bucket. Yeah, yeah, we did, and, and we really focused on the software side. So. There are some other vendors in our space, including now, that have become quite successful that focus more on hardware, meaning how can we create you know, awesome video encoders that are so simple, you just plug a camera and automatically encodes a video and sends it off. And um, you know, some other, we, we really focused on, on the user experience and creating um, a web-based platform, um, or, or maybe it was on the iPad or iPhone, whatever, just creating this sure. cool user experience. That was really the, the, the piece of technology that we tried to focus most on. Now, why did you find the, the user experience, the avenue you wanted to go down? Because nobody was doing it well. Um, I mean, this was, again, when we really started, our, we, in 2010, we put out our first kind of, what I would say, all-in-one portal that combined live stats and social media, Twitter, really, at that time. Right. And... and um, uh, live video and and uh, ticker messages you could have through the nobody was doing it if, if you went you either had just like this standalone video player and that's it and you had to pull your stats up in a separate window and and um, it was just not a good experience out there so I, I think I saw just hey this could be a differentiator for us no one else is doing this well if we can do this well we're gonna get a lot of people that are interested hmm. it's it's unbelievable that you saw all the right things play out in front of you and you attacked them and did it right. Because there's so many companies, you know, they get halfway through and they create a Pinto. And you're like, oopsies. So you were hitting all the right buttons, going through, thinking that the iPad was it, not fighting the iPhone, making it user-friendly. I mean, that, that, yep. that's a good path that you followed. And it is. You it kept going through, through those 2010s. You just kept plugging away. 2010, yep. So we came out with our next platform in 2014, which is kind of the, we called it Game Central, was the next iteration of that. Um, I, I mean, there are some things we missed on. Um, Nobody's going to call you on it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there, there's a competitor that, that really started to come into the space and, and is, is pretty prevalent now that, that had the, the neat idea of creating software that you could... Um, encode from your computer and add scoreboard overlays and and um, instant replay and, and they would feed automatically and it, you know uh, in hindsight could we have put some some effort into developing that type of software platform to make the end user experience even better and, and our client experience better right uh, I mean I don't know maybe the other thing we looked at briefly and I, I think in the end this was a good decision because we wanted to focus on what we do best which is streaming but I remember back in 0809 when website hosting for college athletics was still the wild west of saying, because we had a lot of clients who loved our platform said, why don't you do websites? You know, and so this was- That's a big undertaking. Presto Sports, which ended up being part of the company that acquired us. Right. That was kind of out there. Sidearm Sports, which was ICS back then, um, which is, Sidearm is now the major player in college athletic websites, but they were, they were starting to get some traction. Um, CBS, CBS Sports, or CBS, however they phrased yeah, it. Yeah, fans only at one point, and and so there were some doing it, but there wasn't. It was it was piecemealed, and there was. We had a window if we wanted to get into that field where we could have done it, but I think that would have diluted our 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 product. So we made oh a, for sure we made a conscious decision. Says you know what, 
streaming's our thing, and we're going to focus on streaming. Stay in that lane. Be Stay smart. Stay in that lane. Um, so I think that was a smart decision. But there are some other things, you know, that— Because that, that almost comes another division, right? Yeah, like you would have sure. had to have broken off and said, okay, you guys work over here because it's totally different. For sure. I, you talk about technology, keeping up. The, the, the biggest challenges for us started to come when I still remember seeing a news flash that— um, YouTube was going to start offering live streaming. I'm like, oh boy. Did that make the heart skip a oh, beat a yeah. little bit? You talk about, yeah, I, yeah, that made the heart skip more than a little bit. I mean, free too, right? Hey, stream anything you want on YouTube for free. I'm like, what's that do to us, right? And then, then uh, Facebook comes out with it. And then, you know, Twitter. And, and so now you've got all these other platforms where you can live stream for free. Why, why would a school want to pay us at that point, right? So... Um, those became, you know. So what do you do? You circle the wagons and everybody gets a meeting and goes, okay, what do we- Yeah, kind of. <laughs> I mean, so my wife the other day used this lines. We were talking about kids. Little kids, little problems. Big kids, big problems. It's like little business, little problems. Bigger business, bigger problems, right? And so. As you, you know, get bigger. As you get bigger, you start to face these these different challenges. You got you, sharks now in the yes, water. Yes, yeah, So we really had to figure out how to do how to deal with that and and so we doubled down on the user experience piece and tried to differentiate what our platform was for, versus a, a YouTube and, and the live support. I mean, if you have a problem while you're streaming a game to YouTube, it's not like you can call YouTube and say, hey guys, you know, my audio is coming through a little bit. Yeah, uh, this is Matt from Fullerton and my audio is a little right, low. Right. I'm streaming my kids in the front yard. It's just not right. <laughs> right. First of all, there's no number to call. Second of all, they're going to be like, what? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so whereas, you know, our support, our, our motto was freakishly good support, right? Um, I think it's Jimmy John says freakishly fast or something. We were freakishly good But that was what we were known for. So you could, I mean, we had... You know, people would call us because their their camera, which we had nothing to do with, their camera was, you know, flashing the little battery icon on the stream, right? And we'd spend an hour with them trying to f- go through. We'd pull up the manual online and figure out and help them get that freaking flashing icon off, right? So those are the types of things we do for our clients, right? So we just try to, you know. Just like YouTube. Uh, exactly, right? <laughs> so, so we just doubled down on the support. Um, and and the the experience and really tried to emphasize, but it you know it forced us to to start to provide some some deeper discounts and, and do some stuff with cost you know because if, of course schools are going to come to you and if they're in a in a pinch type in a budgets. pinch or a negotiation mood or whatever they're going to say okay you got to do something because my ad wants to go to YouTube for free right. And he doesn't do? care about quality he or customer care. support. Right, yeah. yeah. I care about that, but he doesn't, and he makes the decisions. Right, he's calling the shots. So it, it forced us to, you know, so then we pivoted a little bit, and we really started to push the idea of pay-per-view content because, you know, YouTube's not doing that. Facebook's not doing that, right? So schools could charge the fans, and we could handle all that processing and, and the monetary exchange and give them a cut of it. We keep a cut of it. And, and right. so we had some good success with with that. Um uh, did you have the? Didn't you have the ability too for the schools to run ads? We did. We did that. Yep. So um, there's a generating revenue for them. Yep, that's exactly right. Yep, they could generate. And that's big because you know there's a lot of schools where 
they could probably pay that $2,500 for the year to cover all their sports. But if they can make some of it back, they'll stay with you. Yeah. If you're on Facebook, there's just no return. Right. You can't be like handwriting notes, you know, Earl Shives, you know, 995. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, providing that um, was huge, having that that opportunity. We, we started, you know, even just a year or so before we, we were acquired, creating uh, custom-branded over-the-top apps on like Apple TV and Roku and Amazon Fire. So, you know, if you're with Mount Mercy University, you know, I could go search Mount Mercy on my Apple TV and find my own app where I can watch all their games live directly on my Apple TV, right? That's so, awesome. Yeah, so that that was a huge uh, thing for us to be able to launch that. We were we were second to the, the market in that in terms of the player, but uh, but I think we, we did it better than the first of the market. So we had a, a that's premium okay. product. And, Apple and does that too all the time. That's right. That's right. So that, that was uh, huge for us. And, and uh, so, yeah, it was, it was fun. It, was, it got more and more challenging to your earlier question to keep up with technology as, as some of these as streaming became a household word, right? I mean, right. if I told you 10, 12 years ago streaming, I mean, a lot of people would be like, what, so – what is that like when you're in a river and you're right? <laughs> How are we going about this? It's difficult to explain. Yeah. Now, got a phone. Right. Done. Right. I'm a news crew. Right. I'm a I'm a journalist. I'm yes. CNN live here. Yes. I, yeah. Within three seconds, you or I could pull up our phone right now and be live streaming. Right. And and so around the world. Yes. As that became more and more ubiquitous, obviously. As a streaming company, we had to figure that piece out, right? How, how do we still differentiate? How do we still become and stay relevant in this space? Um, and it, it, it was, I'm not going to lie, it was, it was challenging. There were some sleepless nights and some challenges and, and during that process. And Did and that make you better? It did. It did make us better. I, I, you no, know. Not the company, you. Yes, it did. It, it made. It, I think it created more of a resilient attitude in me. Um, because it wouldn't be. I don't know if it would be fun if it was easy street. You're just sitting back and you're making every. Well, I don't know. I might disagree with you. <laughs> well, yes, it does sound fun, but it does always like to have those early challenges. Yeah. You started off with, let's figure this out. If you figured it out immediately in 2003, and you just sat back. And the goose just kept laying eggs. That, yeah. That's only fun I, for after year nine, ten. I, yeah, you're right. I think what facing all those challenges did is breed. And now my wife might argue with this. <laughs> I'm having her on the podcast next week. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, it is, I think it bred a sense of optimism in me. Um, meaning, and especially as you get more and more employees, um, one of the values that we had at, at Stretch Internet was uh, one of our seven core values was was optimism. Be optimistic, and you know I, I always try to explain that to people. That doesn't mean that you're saying, you know, everything's always hunky dory, everything's great. Right. You can call out the bad stuff, but what I always said is there should always be a but or an and at the end. So you might say, okay, great, YouTube is entering the market. You know they're going to be streaming for free. They're going to reach. You know all of our clients going to want to use them, but we still provide customer support that's unmatched, right? It's, it's, I think it just bred in me the sense that there's always a way to, to tilt everything um, 
you know, to turn everything into a positive, to, right. to somehow, and that's super important when you're leading a team. Yes. Because they need to, you know, as long as you're realistic with them, they don't want to think that you got your head in the sand, but as long as you can, as long as they see that you're optimistic and that you feel that there's a way to, to escape or a way to not, not just escape, but a way Figure. to capitalize, right. right? You know, talked about a lot of businesses right now that are looking, how do we turn COVID into a, an opportunity, right? A positive you know, thing, right? You know, a death sentence, exactly. And I, I think that's that's probably more than anything what facing all those challenges did. So to, your, to answer your question, yeah, I, I think it did make me better. It, it forced me to to not look at at the negatives as you know, not to be Eeyore every time you right. know there was a Facebook piece of bad news or right, showed yeah. up and knocked on the door. It's like, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> you know what I got. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, Zuckerberg has a little bit more of an R&D budget than I do, so that was... Uh... <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> you got way more personality, and I guarantee a better golf game. <laughs> so, through that process, where does all of a sudden this knock on the door of opportunity, maybe the business being sold or acquired? Yeah. I mean, because you're, you're cruising along. <clears throat> and so we... through my research, it was... Just a knock at the door. We had double-digit growth. Well, I, mean, I, you I would say you weren't being courted for five years. No, we weren't being courted at all. I, and there was more of an intentional part of a process um, that that I helped. And, and so I, I can I can answer that. But you know, yeah, we had double-digit growth every year. Uh, business you know, is going. Nobody well. does that, right? <laughs> well, I, 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 some people. Uh, yeah, that's for 15 straight years. I, I'm proud of that that we did that. Yeah, to answer your question, that's I mean, it, great. It, it, it was it was pretty extraordinary to see that, and um, you know, but it also got to a point where I think a combination of things back in the summer of 17 made me think, hey, what what's my next chapter look like? And is it stretch for the next 20 years? It, you know, it, starting to see a lot of these challenges on the horizon and wondering, do I still have the energy and desire to, to face these, these new types of challenges? Um, certainly could have, but did I want to? Mm-hmm. Um, having... Uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, just a new chapter in a family, and and I, listen, I'd been working Saturdays pretty much all Saturday every from from September through May for 15 straight years, right? And right. and you know, things that pulled pulled me away from my family sometimes. I still was able to prioritize my family, but that was a challenge. And but it's then, always there. It's always there, and and the stress and just knowing that there's your anytime you get a phone call that that all my servers are down or. Hey, we did a uh, a push uh, of new code tonight, and it it brought this down, or, or whatever it is, right? Uh, that was always out there. I mean, I I could probably pull up old emails and just you know just start. We talked about twitching <laughs> earlier. I mean, I could just, just pull up a random email from a random date and probably start twitching. Just it would bring back some memories of something that. I mean it. Uh, that's another whole podcast is talking about working with developers. <laughs> I'm sure, <laughs> but but um, that, you know the other thing for me was um, you know we're sitting in the church, uh, my church here because this is a nice quiet space that we could get together tonight. But my faith has always been important to me, and and um, I started thinking a, a couple years ago, three years ago or so, is there um, an opportunity for me to do something? Um, more directly related to my faith that somehow pulls in my knowledge or expertise or, or whatever I might have learned and started thinking about, okay, 
I have become a student of business and leadership and, and organizational management. Not a student in the sense of I've got my MBA or I'm good, but I, I've seen it happen in real life. And I understand churches and how they work. And I'm a PK, a pastor's kid. Right. And I've been president of a of a board of directors at a church. And I and, and just realizing, you know what, churches don't really think like businesses, and they should. Right. There's so many things they could do better if they if they looked at the people that come into church on Sunday as a customer, for instance. And I know some some pastors will hear that and say, "What are you talking about?" That's, right. You know, but that's sacrilegious. I, but... I totally disagree with that that line. I think we we there's there's so many things we can take from the world of business and apply to to faith based organizations. And so I started thinking that could be a cool cool way for me to segue into something completely different and. So I just started dreaming a little bit, right? Just started thinking. And um, I actually reached out to an organization, a, a broker, um, uh, uh, mergers and acquisition uh, specialist called Woodbridge International, and um, just said, hey, no idea what my valuation is, no idea what this process looks like, no idea if there's going to be interest, but I just would love to explore it. And so that started me down the road of this whole process. That was, had that conversation in late October of 17 and May 2nd of 18. So what is that? Six months, whatever. May 2nd of 2018 is when the business sale closed. So that happened pretty quickly once we got the ball rolling. Because they put that whole package together and kind of made you pretty to sell. They did. I mean, it's it's a, not to give a, a testimonial to Woodbridge, but they they have a very defined, structured process that includes everything from how you market the business to the due diligence you do before to um, the negotiation process to creating kind of an auction type, mm-hmm. um, you know, to to. to estimating your valuation. I mean, the, the whole nine yards. I mean, it, it's... I mean, there's a reason why there's those companies because exactly. you, would, you would not have known where to start. Yeah, you, so you don't, you don't even... You, most people don't sell a house on their own. Right. Why would I sell a, a business which is, old, you know, to, to, to 100 times more complicated? Oh, God, yes. You know, so, you know, I, I realized early on that there's no way if I, I... I know enough to try to do this myself and if I do, I'm going to get one-tenth of the valuation that I, I probably I'm gonna could. I'm going to screw it up. Yes, and so... Uh, Woodbridge was super valuable in, in a, educating me on the whole process and journey, um, and what that looked like and what would be involved, and then and then holding my hand uh, through through the end. But it was a it was one of those things when you start, you're like just kind of well, because there's a retainer fee you got to sure. you got to commit, and that was the biggest hurdle for me. It was like it wasn't a small retainer fee. It's like, do I really want to go? And so I, I ended up looking, and we talked about wanting to learn. I looked at it as you know what, I'm going to put the retainer fee in. If I don't sell, I'm going to learn a heck of a lot about what right. M&A looks like right. and, and what acquisition looks like, and, and I'll be better for it. Um, I mean, I guess you can look at it as a retainer fee, or you can look at it as, I'm going to pay to learn something exactly. out of this. Yeah, and that's ultimately what, what got me, and, and that wasn't even a sales pitch they gave me. I just something I kind of I rationalized with myself. I right. said, I'm just going to commit to this. and a smart, smart idea. Yeah, and, and just see what I can learn, and... Um, it was a, a fascinating process. Um, Did it intrigue it intrigued you a lot the way it went down? Yeah, I mean, I, if you're I, trying to step back, I and learned look at more it. and worked harder in those six months than I ever had in a business. Um, trying to, 
and, and it was such so many moving parts. Number one, I didn't I didn't want to tell my staff initially what was happening because you don't want to scare them if it doesn't fall out if it right. doesn't come down. Um, you also don't want to signal to people that hey, there could be some new leadership and and have some of your key guys leave right when you're trying to. Uh, you know, so that that was tricky because I love my guys. And I wanted to be honest with them up front, and so we had to be very, you know, got some good advice from Woodbridge on, on how to be careful with that. Um, but uh, so that was that was a little bit uh, dicey at times. But then just going through the process of of transitioning our books from a, from cash base to accrual base and getting a, a, a call them a rent a CFO that could come in and, and help us with that all of our, our financials get them up to speed and and uh, you know because we didn't have a you know we had never been audited or anything like that right? sure and going through that process and then having this beautiful thing when you go through when you sell a business there's due diligence involved right where the company that's interested in buying you is going to do all their homework right they're going to look under the hood and 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 so the beautiful thing about working with the bridge they do that for you uh, ahead of time so there's no pressure because they're the ones that are helping you find all this stuff but it's like somebody's playing in your pants for a couple days right i mean it's it's pretty rough it is rough and uncomfortable right and and awkward um, because they're literally trying to uncover any negatives or any any anything that a potential buyer would be hesitant about or have questions about or concerns about, they're trying to help you uncover that. And, and, and as they should. As they should. And, and it, it makes the process when a, when a buyer does it that much easier because you've already uncovered all those things and determined how you're going to address them. Um, so so they did that whole, you know, march through that whole process with us. And um, it, it, it all moved quickly. And I'll tell you that, not sure if you've heard the term EBITDA before. Yeah. Earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, mm-hmm. amortization. And it's, it's a common benchmark that they use, especially in acquisition, because usually you get multiples of EBITDA for the sale price. I had never heard that term before I started this process. And I think in those six months, I heard it about seven million times. <laughs> <laughs> like every conversation I had with anyone in the process was EBITDA. Subjects and emails and stuff. Even this, even that. Yes. So I saw a license plate the other day when I was driving and said EBITDA. I just started shaking my head. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I can't escape it. It's everywhere. <laughs> but it, it was uh, that was a crazy process. And one that I just, if you'd asked me a year beforehand, I, I, I didn't have this exit strategy. I mean, right, up until yeah. three months for this happened, I, I didn't, my exit strategy was, well, I guess I'll just keep doing stretch until I'm not doing stretch. Yeah. You know, Either stretch collapses because of some other technology or yeah. I just turn it off. Right. And, and I did have some, I mean, I, one of my employees, I thought, okay, maybe eventually I'll move him into the role day to day and I can step away. And so I had some thoughts, but, but that really started to materialize pretty quickly. And, and, you know, again, I'm man of faith and I, I just see how. I don't want this to sound like a prosperity gospel thing, like God helped me make lots of money. Right. It wasn't that, but but God helped, I think, tr- truly put some things in place that allowed me to pursue my next and also set my wife up and my family up for their next through this process um, that were pretty remarkable. And that's all right. That's great. Yeah. It was uh, yeah, pretty funny. Like just a small story. We, we moved from Arizona to Las Vegas uh, a couple months after the business sold. My wife got an offer to lead a... a Choir department at Faith Lutheran High School, major high school out here, and uh, the principal needed an answer on May second. Okay, or I'm sorry, on May fifth. Well, the business sold on May second. 
And that was 35 days after our letter of intent was signed. Most time in business sales, after letter of intent signed, it's usually three, four months until a sale closes. Wow. So just the way things lined up, it was it was pretty crazy. I could see the big man upstairs helping out just a little there, bit. There was, There's nothing wrong with that. There was a plan that, that I think wasn't all ours. So, <laughs> um, But it, it, was, it was a pretty fascinating process. The buyer that bought the company... Were you surprised it was them? So here's the funny part is one I mean, of the, who would have thought YouTube would have bought you? <laughs> <laughs> so Twitter actually did down uh, request our uh, what they call CIM confirm, oh, yeah. confidential information memorandum or whatever yeah, it's called. They, wanted look- they were one of the companies that wanted to look at our stuff, which is kind of cool. Um, they didn't, you know, go Suck beyond it, that. Jack, go away. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, uh, but. You know, what's funny is part of the reason that you hire an M&A firm like a Woodbridge is they reach out to thousands of, of potential buyers. Well, our ultimate buyer reached out to us in the process and didn't even know we were on the block, on the sale block. What? So uh, a company called uh, Battery Venture, uh, yeah, Battery Ventures. Yeah, uh, yeah. They're a the company that ended up acquiring us, uh, a global uh, invest, capital investment firm out of Boston, based out of Boston. They had a portfolio company that they were building in college sports. They'd acquired Presto Sports, right. so websites, and they were looking for a streaming platform, and, and they randomly emailed me. Fit a slot in the portfolio. Just They emailed me right after we completed all of our marketing materials and everything with Woodbridge. So I was able to say, hey, not only are we interested, but here, sign this NDA, and I can send you all this. So we just had everything ready for them. That is crazy. And um, so they, they stepped in, and, and uh, we got a letter of intent with them in, in a matter of, of weeks, and, and things progressed real quickly from there. So had they not entered, we still had some, quite a bit of interest, and, and I think we would have made a, had a deal um, with, with another buyer, but I don't think we would have had the same valuation and and quick close and and the right fit that that we did with them right well it worked out it did it did that's that's uh who would have thought someone not not looking on the market or i guess somebody looking on the market but not a player like that you would have thought it would have been a bigger media not someone of acquisitions just yeah it, it, it was the right combination of someone that had deep pockets and, and could make things happen quick, but also had strategic interest. Right, because right. when I saw the name, I was like, what? It's not like who I would have thought right. it would be. Right. A, you know, a Presto itself or a DirecTV or right. a Twitter. Right. It's an acquisition firm. <laughs> Yeah, that's odd. Yeah, so usually you have a like a capital, like a venture capital firm, or or a, you know they call it strategic versus um, equity. Right. Uh, you know, usually you have an equity investor or buyer, or a strategic investor or buyer, and um, we kind of got the best of both worlds. Um, so it worked out well, and and um, yeah, I had ninety days of, and I don't I don't know if we skipped over any details that you want to talk about in that no, process, I mean, but but I had ninety days of post sale consultation. Um, that was the other beautiful thing is, you know, sometimes they want the owners to stay on for two, three years. Right. And just I, to keep I, things I, smooth. Yeah. And I told him I'm willing to stick around for up to a year. I said, but I'd just as soon move on to my next. And so they said, let's do a 90 day consultation and you're on your way. Make and sure everything's smooth yeah. and works out. And so we're not missing anything. Right. So August 2nd of, of 18, I was free and clear. And has it stayed in Arizona? 
Yeah, so they, uh, Presto Sports kind of moved their headquarters there. Um, now Stretch is part of Presto Sports, but right. their web operations, their website hosting operations, which they do as well, um, they, they kind of moved that, that to Arizona. So that kind of their corporate headquarters are still in Gilbert um, in, uh, in that same office space. And, and uh, so they're continuing to operate out of there. Good for the city of Gilbert. Didn't lose a company, <laughs> but acquired one. There you go. So... What's your next venture now that I guess, well, I guess we can look at it. Now you've got Lindsay. She can work for the next 13 to 15 years and uh, you could just sit back, work on the golf game That's or right. <laughs> come up with your next creative idea. What's funny is in the, you know, that's the other huge process of, of the business sale is the legal process, right? And, and uh, of course, going through hours and hours of document review and, and negotiation between lawyers. But one of the things they had in there that they were concerned I was going to have a problem was was a, was a three year non compete. And I, I told him you can put a twenty year non compete. I said I'm. <laughs> I mean, I love this business, but I have no interest in... in, in I'm not coming in, back. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gone. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I touched on it earlier, this idea of, of maybe helping faith-based organizations right. um, think more like businesses. And so to that end, you know, I, I'll be honest, I took a, a, a year plus where I just kind of... Um, just chilled. Just tried to, you know, our family moved. Recharge. You moved to a new yeah, state. Just take, you know, a lot of change, right? Introduce and, yourself. Hi, I'm your father. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is what dad looks this. like on a Saturday yeah, afternoon. Yeah, exactly. Well, right? I mean, well, what's funny is, is speaking of that, the, the first, so August of 2018, I told Lindsay all along, she's like, yep, do it. The first called football Saturday, I got up to watch college game day, and I stayed in that couch. The last Pac-12 game was done at 11 o'clock, and I did not move. I'm like, I'm watching every college football game on TV today because was, I never got to do that. There wasn't a game in Hawaii you can catch there and might, stay up till I, 2. Maybe I did. I don't know. But, I, you know, I, I get to watch maybe the Pac-12 games at night or something when I right. get home. But, uh, you know, to sit on the couch and watch college football and not be worried about our servers running or, or is, you know, right. whatever was so – was so cool. Hi, but. this is Linda from Wisconsin, and we can't get a can't see our kid play. That's right, Mount Vernon Elementary Junior College yes. or whatever. Linda, shove it! I'm not working anymore. So it was, uh, it was that was a super cool cool feeling. But um, now I'm, I'm starting to get my sea legs under me and, and get, you know, I, I'm a I'm a I think I've discovered I'm a creator, um, and that goes back to even our days, you know, um, yes. early days, wanting to to invent or, or innovate or, or, or create. And, and so, of course, I guess when you look at it that way, I, maybe some of the entrepreneurial spirit has always been there, just came out in a different way, potentially. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm in the process now of creating a new model um, that is going to uh, very practically help faith-based organizations um, take business concepts, um, you know, things like, you know some obvious things like you know how how you create your mission, your vision, your values, your your you know those types of things. But also looking at things like great. how you do strategic planning, how you message, uh, you know how you create messages and 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 communicate with your constituents. Um, how do you innovate? Right? Are there are there practical ways? So I've done a lot of reading and exploring and talking to people, and, and out of that, developing very simple tools. It's a tool based um, platform. That, that I'm going to serve. I don't even, I, I don't call myself a consultant or, or a coach, it's more an implementer. And okay. I think of this as an operating system. So I wanna go in and work with, let's say a church, 
um, and help them implement this operating system so that they can run it on their own using these tools and these concepts to help them think differently about um, about their their organization. And so, I don't know. You know, we'll we'll see how it goes. I've had to, I've had a chance to pilot it with a couple organizations, at least parts of it that I, you know it's not completely done yet. And I've been intrigued by uh, it. It. it it lifts my spirit and, and, and gives me the sense of, of, of joy, um, to do that. That's nice. And, uh, that's real nice. And, and it's, it's, it's fun to get some positive feedback from that, but I, am also in a, in a good place. Um, I think an envi- enviable place from the fact that this doesn't have to succeed. In other words, I'm not doing it for the money. Right. And, and you're kind of you're giving back. You're giving helping back out. And 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 if if this like doesn't who, who normally nobody comes to a faith bakes organization and says let me help you out with this. It's always them trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. So it's nice that you're giving back to someone that will accept it. Yeah, and and if if I can help a handful of organizations, um, uh, I, I think you know that that would be a, a beautiful thing. But maybe. Um, what God has in store for me is is two or three steps beyond that, and I just can't see it yet. That's quite possible too. Um, you know, a saying that that I've always found uh, kind of funny and humorous, but true, is if you want to see God laugh, make plans. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's true. That's so true. I, I've got plans, right? But I, I don't. I don't know how that's all going to unfold. And, He'll and let you know. He, he will. And uh, so I, I'm. I'm. It's a fun place to be, you know. It's a, it's a little bit different in the sense that I'm I'm a doer and and a uh, you know I want to I want to be doing, it, but I also just get to sit back and take my time and and explore and have fun creating and seeing where it leads as well. So it's, you know, I'm 45 and to to be at that spot at that age, I think is something that's that's pretty cool. And at 45, you find yourself back in Concordia. I'm I'm back in a couple different ways. Yeah, I'm serving on the Board of Regents, and my oldest daughter's going to be a freshman there um, this year, so it's full circle. Go figure. They actually let you back in. They let me back in. I had to wear a tie, which is probably the first. I don't think I ever wore a tie as a student there. But um, Did you have to fill out special paperwork like before to kind of have this is this is a program I want to start? Like, I got an idea, maybe bringing me back. It'll be fun. <laughs> nope, they just uh, let me in this time, believe it or not. So. I, it's uh, it's it's been fun to get back there um, and uh, be back to Orange County. I mean, I since we moved, I'd been back to Orange County sporadically, but now I'm there right. four times a year. Um, which, as I look at you, I'm thinking, okay, you know, usually they're quick trips, but um, it'd be fun to to get together with you back in OC. Yes, um, but it, Angelo Vincey's. There you go. We got to do that. Um, it's it's fun to get back there and just be on that campus and and that's another neat way to serve right now. It's like an opportunity I have that I probably couldn't have done when I had the business because no. it, you know I can't. They're usually Thursday through Saturday meetings, right? In October and February. I, Good luck to be out of the office Thursday through Saturday in February when you've got sp- spring and winter sports. I mean, there's no way. So not happening. Um, so the timing was right for that, um, and uh, it's it's been fun to just have a kind of a new chapter. That's great. Let's give a shout out. Who is your longest client while at Stretch Internet? I, was it the first? Who were yeah, the, the first Chris, guys? Christopher Newport University. It was the first contract signed, and they were a client with us all the way through. All the way through. All the way through. All the way. Yep. So there were some other charter members, meaning they came on in year one, right? And stayed. Cal State Fullerton was was a, a client from from start to I'll say finish, but to the time sure. I left Sacramento State. 
Um, trying to think if they're... You know how much you helped those guys? Because there's no way Fullerton has that ability to afford that kind of money. North Sac State or these little teeny NAIA Division three schools. There's no way mm-hmm. they get their stuff on. And parents a thousand miles away can hear their kid play field hockey or football or baseball or you name it. So it, it, it was cool. We were on uh, – we were Lindsay and I were hiking – um, on Haleakala, which is a volcano in Maui, maybe six, seven years ago. And uh, we're, we're coming down, and there's this little, like, fruit stand. And I see some guy wearing a Ron Colley High School shirt, which is a Catholic high school in Indiana. And they'd been a client of ours for a long time. And so I see the guy's shirt, and I say, is that the Ron Colley in Indiana? He's like, yeah. You, are you from there? I said, no, I just my, my company works with them. Well, who's your company? Stretch Internet. The guy's eyes get really big. You're stretching. I was like, that, yeah, that's my company. He's like, I was stationed. He was, he was in the Navy or Marines. I was stationed in Afghanistan for three years. My kid played high school football, and that was the only way I got to hear him play was through stretch internet. So I meet this guy in the slopes of a volcano in Hawaii that my business was able to help him connect with his kid while he was serving our country in Afghanistan. I mean, that that's like a goosebump moment, right? Oh, that's unbelievable. If I could drop the mic right now in the podcast, <laughs> I would. That's beautiful. Yeah, so, you know, there were other stories like that along the way, too, but you hear something like that, and you're just like, okay. Yeah, but that crippled kid, whatever. <laughs> this is different. This is a Marine. <laughs> right. It, it was, so that, that's that's just cool to, to think. And, and for every one of those that I heard, there's probably, you know, hundreds of thousands of others where this was their lifeline right and right um for us to be able to provide that service um was kind of was a cool thing you know so there was there was purpose in there and i tried to help our team not forget that purpose too um you know that they were you know by supporting these folks our our clients and and making sure their broadcast went off smoothly i mean there were people that this was our lifeline to their kid or their cousin or their fiance or whoever right um and so we, we try to remember that. That's great. Well, I'm going to end it with this. I owe you a lot for meeting you at the fair and having fun from all those times, either at Fullerton or Fullerton College, those Angelo and Vinci's eating way too many Thin Mints, <laughs> playing John Madden football when you had no idea what a slant meant. <laughs> Scream, to bring that screaming up. at you to shoot the ball, shoot the ball. As Rick's walking by, wondering what these two clowns doing in their hotel room. Nobody puts it in the net like you. I think that was the. Yeah. Might have been even choicer than that. Yeah, but I, yeah, I'm trying to keep this clean. I don't want to have that little right. extra E We're in a church. Them. We're in a church. Yeah, yes. We're in a church as well. I have to go see somebody after this, but. I do, I do thank you. It was an absolutely joy to have met you and worked with you in that period of time. It was absolutely the best. Well, yeah, the feeling is, is totally mutual. You know, we were saying it's been too long since we've talked and, and uh, connected, and that's what happens in life. I get that. But right. um, I mean, I had to fake this whole podcast just to come out here and see you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it, it, whatever works. Uh, but now it's my turn in Orange County. But, uh, no, it's, it's been uh, – so that, that chapter of my life um, – yeah, I, I, I smile when I think back to that. And a lot of that was just our friendship and our, our you know, I, I, likewise, I think I owe a lot. Um, I think you sparked a, a sense and element of creativity in me that I think carried over to the business and just the ex- exploration, right? Photography is such a, 
an artistic and, and creative uh, field and, and art form, if you will. Um, seeing that through your eye, and, and when you did let me see it through the lens, which was very occasional because I'm not a photographer. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, we didn't talk to, about our Dodger Stadium I stories. I couldn't raise but, the monopod that high anyway. <laughs> Jesus. That's true. But, but just seeing how you worked and, and being part of that creative process, I think, you know, became part of, of my approach to business and, and um, to things that I do now even. So, um, so thank you for all, all of your, um, all the example you set. No, it was, it was, it's, it's been, it's been a joy. Absolutely. Ryan, thank you for your time. Absolutely. Thanks for dinner before this. That was pretty good. Famous Peking duck. (laughs) Yep. We'll bring you back to Summerlin. All right. Thank you. Thanks, bud. All right. Hope you enjoyed that podcast. Please subscribe and hit the like button where you just listened.